It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Uh, as assume they do not not as a corporation, but an unincorporated business. So we use the assumed filing name to like change the corporate name or a name of our corporation. Also to file as uh, unincorporated or not incorporated. Well, unincorporated. Okay. All right. And do not put anything behind that that all cap on me. Don't put LLC, DB, I mean, uh, CO, n- nothing. Just put it in there as unincorporated. Uh, maybe she will elaborate some more on that when we're done here. Okay. We ready, she will? I'm here. Okay, we ready? Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Talk Shoe tonight. This is Legal Deception Show on Talk Shoe. Um, I want everyone to pray for Southern Command. He's in the hospital while he talks to you. I didn't want to tell you guys until the show because I wasn't sure if he was going to make it, but um, meaning that I didn't know if he was going to be in the condition to speak to you tonight. So I'm going to be helping him, and I think his other helper... Um, another wonderful, another wonderful Puerto Rican woman who's over there down south is, we are usually the ones that are helping him. Um, are you online, ma'am? I know Steve is, and thank you very much. Okay. Thank you, Steve, too, for being here. Um... Southern has not been feeling well for a couple of days, and he did the smart thing this time and went into the ER. So he's talking to you from the hospital. Without his help, uh, we would not have gotten as far as we have gotten. And everyone, um, if you look online on the file room, I think he put the updated name doc into the file system, which is even more stronger today than what it was before to use as an affidavit in court. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. I I had the pleasure this week of getting a hold of uh, some uh, oath, oath of office for some police departments Okay, and some other people. Uh, I wanted to get them put into a PDF and put it out there. All right, and, and go over it with you and, and show you the joke that this thing were. These, oh, these, they took an oath for starters to the Constitution of the United States, the Constitution of the state of Florida, all right, to the county, uh, Broward County ordinances, 
uh, all right, and the city codes. Now, I, you need to think about that for just a second. They took a oath for all four. Okay? Before the Civil War, there was only a couple of oaths out there. Uh, they were under the Judiciary Act. I forget exactly what section now. Um, but you can look up the Judiciary Act. One was for the judges, and I believe one was for the uh, clerk of the court or and the U.S. Marshal, I believe it was. That was pretty much it. Before the Revolution, the, the Civil War, the only requisition for voting was you had to join the militia. It wasn't until after the Civil War they started making people take an oath. Now, contrary to what these states out here tell you, and contrary to what the, the, the cities and counties tell you, if you have to take an oath to a sovereign entity, okay, you're a conquered entity, right? There goes your, your sovereignty right down, the, right down the tubes. We've been dealing with some police officers down here in Briar County. And I had it out with them this week and basically laid that on the line to them after I got a hold of their document. It was a joke. You know, the guy's trying to tell me, oh, these are all sovereign. And you, no, 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 no. No, if you're taking the oath of the Constitution of the United States, the state, you're not sovereign. All right, anybody, if you're taking the oath to that Constitution of the United States, you're not sovereign. All right, think about it. You've got it. You know, why would you? Big yoke. All right. So these people, anybody who takes an oath to a sovereign, all right, whether freely or by whatever means, they're not a sovereign anymore. They lost their sovereignty during the Civil War. We lost our sovereignty right after the Civil War. If you go back and you read the um, the uh, military militia doc, I explained in there how you lost your sovereignty when they started making you swear an oath to the constitutions to vote. That that was a state thing. Now, under under the laws of war, under the laws of war, okay, a sovereign is vested in a person's military. It's ability to make war and defend itself. Uh, these states don't have sovereign, they're not sovereigns because they don't have militaries. They don't create their own money. Alright? Uh, you need to go in the Constitution you need to make yourself aware that these of what the sovereign's government can do and what it forbids the states to do. They continue they're sovereign, but they're not. The reason I'm bringing this up is because I want you to get thought about something here. All right, now I want some answers from the people. You have a bunch of people standing in the courtroom. They all filled out an oath of allegiance, okay? In walks somebody who has rescinded that oath. All right, he's done away with his his uh, uh, voter's registration. He's done away with his oath of office to vote. Let me ask you a question, people. Who's the sovereign in that courtroom? Only the um, person, the only living person in there, the the defendant. 
or the or the one who one without that sworn oath, he's a sovereign. Everything else in there is a conquered entity. It's conquered. Who is the one that's sovereign entity is like there's a man that comes in, he's got rid of his uh, um uh the registration. It works this way everywhere. All right. Anytime you 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 you're defeated and or taken over, you have to swear an oath to the government, to your superior, to the superior's constitution. That's why I'm bringing this up. These people took an oath to four different things. They can't do that. They know it. And the, the oaths that they took to the state, federal constitution and the state were not the oaths listed in the constitutions or, or in the laws. So they're not even walking around out here being, being the government entity that they claim to be. They, they can't have no sovereignty. They can't have no authority. They're just a corporation doing business. <laughs> That's why we got to play their game. Well, we're going to have to start bringing this stuff up. Okay? Let's start addressing this in these courts. And it's not that hard. You just simply ask them a question. You got an oath of office? Yeah. You got an oath of office? Yeah. Oh, so you swear an oath to a superior sovereign. So you can't be sovereign any peace. I, on the other hand, rescinded my oath. I don't need one. That's been the, a lot of the stuff here in this country that has really gotten everybody. They never stepped back and they never really looked at things from certain points of view. Up until the Civil War, like I said, go check the the judicial, uh, judiciary, judiciary Act 1789, and the Constitution has one oath in it for the president. Other than that, there wasn't any oaths up until after the Civil War. It was at this point, like I said, that they came out here and started making everybody swear an oath. First, it was the state governments. And then they, when they created the Constitution, well, I don't know about your state, but my state, uh, I think it was 1787 or 1778, one of the two. In that Constitution, they put it in there that anybody that was uh, voting had to swear over the Constitution. Now, think about whenever you go out here and you do a felony, they neutralize you by taking away your right to vote. Okay? They basically did the same thing under the Civil War. Because after the Civil War, everybody needed a swear oath to vote. They neutralized everybody out here. They didn't take that oath. All right? So basically, we all lost our sovereignty during that war. All of us. They just stuck it in on us better than they did the states. Go back and read the mil- the mil- military uh, the military doc. What I said there about the uh, the oath 
the office, I mean, the oath under the, uh, the Dewey, the vote, and stuff like that. Any questions? This is Blue. I was here last week at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I wanted to add a little something to that. <clears throat> Do you know what Cole Nidre is? Say that again? Cole Nidre. Uh, K-O-L, and the second word is N-I-D-R-E. It's no. a, it's a, um, it's a uh, Jewish term that essentially Jews or Orthodox Jews or whatever do every first of the year, which, uh, uh, which basically nullifies any oaths or promises they've made in the past. Mm-hmm. They start out for a new year. So the point is, is like if the, any of these people happen to be of those persuasions, and there's also one for the um, um, Masons, I think. I don't know what that one is, but if they've taken any of those and they've done any of those things, then basically there's nobody with a valid oath in the in the in the, uh, in the court case. They don't have a valid seat to sit in. <laughs> there's nobody there. You're the only one in this courtroom. Well, I don't believe any any of those people have a valid oath. Well, here's the thing in California. In California, the Colorado or the California State Constitution says very specifically what the nature of the oath has to be. And if you go to the recorder's or actually the uh, registrar's office, you can get a copy of all these whoever's in charge of oath, the judges or even the district attorneys. And if you see, it, you can get it printed out, and you compare it with what's in the Constitution, you find out it's a different oath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, yeah, and in, in Florida. Uh, the one in the Constitution doesn't match the one in the statute, and neither one of them matches the one that I just got my hands on. Right. So, so you're, you're talking three different O's, you know, to, in, in nobody knows who the hell, where the hell these people. Um, they have no, they have no uh, honor at all. Absolutely not. They're, all, they're just commercial operations. It's like any, like unless they're an elected official. They have to have the look. You can go to the office of the of the register of voters to find out who's elected and who's not elected. But only no, the no, no, no. Anybody receiving? Let me tell you something. If they're receiving any kind of federal funding, or 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 a public funding to pay their salaries, they have to have that oath of office. I don't care who they are. They're supposed to have it. Go read your constitution, people. Yep. Yep. But the, but the point is, those people who ha- are the elected officials are the only ones that are there supposed to be, quote-unquote, representing the people. If they're, they're not in the elected electors, then they're not valid even in being in there. Fully commercial. Mm-hmm. And they know it. Well, I wouldn't call it fully commercial. They're, out, they're still operating on those walls of war. Well, yeah, they're operating under the Emergency War Powers Act and the Libra Code, and most of the people don't even know that's what they're operating under. Yeah, 3286 and 141 of the Libra Code. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, these people think that it is. They did this thing very, very well. From the American people, very well. Well, the whole nation is just running in a giant fraud. There's actually no nation here. 
It's all about this contract. And once we get that idea in our mind, it's where's the contract? And if you set yourself up with a power of attorney over your entity, which is that birth certificate name with the all capital numbers, letters, you set yourself up with a power of attorney, now you can walk into them if you want to, if you need to, uh, and uh, call them on this. Where's the contract that I signed that I agreed to this? Because I'm the one who's in charge of this. And I need to see the signature and I need to see the contract. If you don't have one, you don't have a valid cause of action, no matter what the hell they're trying to convey. Mm-hmm. I know. But you get some of them out there that just totally ignore that document. And we uh, know some people that are doing that. Because if they acknowledge that document, they're dead meat. Well, that's why you have to do all these things preliminarily to the probate court and get the decree and get it recognized. It's part of the probate code. And so mm-hmm. to be the executor of that estate, you have to like get the decree, but you also have to make the claim to be the executor. And you have to claim the estate. And most people don't even do that because the thing is you have to be have a will. And most people don't even make a will out. See, the Hold king on second, is the will. Yeah. Hold on one Hold on one second, everybody. He's going to take some blood. <laughs> Check. Let her rip. Not hearing you very well at all on this end. How about now? That's better. Yeah, I put you on mute for a second. I have to talk to the lady. This nurse here. I can barely hear you all. <laughs> yeah, well. Okay. Give me a minute, guys. So, how are you all doing today? Good. I got a quick question Good. about probate court. Okay. Um, is it imperative that you go back to the county you were born to do the probate? To do the name change? Yes. Yeah. yeah, you have to go to your birth state or to the birth state, I should say. No, you you have to check with the state that you're in, right? Like I did today. Um, I'm from Indiana, and I asked Texas, and Texas holds their name change in the district court, and. The law library walked me over to the website where I just download all the documents I'm going to need. Said to download the entire package. Some of it I may need, some of it I might not. From the state of So you're saying so? So you go to the so you go to the so so and that was for you said Indiana, right? Yeah, Indiana, I spoke to Indiana first about doing the name change since they had me on lockdown. 
But oh, yeah, her yeah, told yeah. me, yeah, I could go. I could go to Texas and do it. Doesn't matter what state it's done. So as long as you have your original certificate, and so I called Texas today, and they put me with the district court of the state of Texas, and um, I told them a little bit about my circumstances and how I don't want them taking the fingerprints for use, like. It's not going to be negotiable. Everything that's given to them shall be kept in the private. Uh, that I would be serving my private citizen package to them, including the name change. And uh, basically, I told her it's it's a request for a name change, but I'm also um, ordering my request at the same time that you, um, uh, this is an emancipation as an adult, to hold adult status, and um, I also require standing and uh, nationality. Sounds very good to me. See, when I'm done with mine, I'm going to give you a copy of it. Uh... I might have to change it a little bit so you don't know what my real title is. But um, you could see that. uh, Did you guys receive my um, copy of the princess's birth certificate? Mm -hmm. Did you guys see the copy of the princess's birth certificate I posted online? Where at? Uh, on Facebook. In the photos or the file? No, I posted it on the wall so you guys could take a look at it. Hold on. Let me give it to you on the wall where you're at. Hold on. I wanted to show you the differences and the discrepancies. Hold on. Let me get it. While she's doing that, I'll finish my talk. You you need to go into your constitutions, people. All right, and start pulling out the oaths. All right, and looking at them. Now, the Secretary of State holds the oaths to everybody. You can go to the Secretary of State and get an oath, an oath from the governor all the way down. It has to be filed with the Secretary of State. That's where you get them at. And that way you can find out that that person who's claiming to be lawfully sitting in the government seat is lawfully sitting in the government seat. Guarantee you're going to find out with that oath that most of them are not sitting there. They're impersonating a public servant, not a fraud. As a matter of fact, most of them are from what we got this week. is what every one of them was. Uh, hey, you might want to download that uh, that name doc too. It's got some interesting stuff in it. I think it's pretty much cut and dried. 
Is that the one that says Southern name proofread? Uh-huh. That's it. I'm going back out there. I had to enter something here. Hello. Hello. Who's doing that? For those of you who have a lot of background noise, can you do yourselves the favors of muting yourselves out? I don't want to mute everybody out. I mean, you can come back when the noise dies down, but if you know it's you, just mute yourselves out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one thing you want to do, and I would suggest this before you go into any court anymore, all right, is take that guy, uh, contact the state, Secretary of State, and get a copy of the judges, prosecutor, and whoever else's uh, oath of office that you're going to be home with. Okay, because these people aren't operating on the, on the lawful oaths. All right. And then I'm what kind of document to accept those oaths of office? Okay. Force these people to do their job. Yeah, we're working on it. I'll be out of here in the next couple of days. I'm back to dealing with matters. You guys there? Yeah, we're here. Yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Okay, I was just trying to make sure some people muted themselves out. And I really appreciate that, people, because what we do is we can hear the radio noise in the background which causes a great distraction. Um, I just uploaded an example. How do we use I just uploaded an example birth filing link for you to download. Yeah. I'm trying to see if I can find some other ones here. Hold on. So you can take a good look at them and look at yours and look at theirs and notice what is the difference. Um, let me see this one. Remember one thing about uh, when, when you guys are doing your name change? That government style manual uh, is their Bible. All right, on a proper name, upper and lower case. There is nothing in that style manual about all capital names, period. Absolutely, period. One or the 2008. 
Was it in 2000 or 2008? I got him. And, uh, yeah, 2006 or 2008. It's optional legal deception. Oh, okay, okay. It's optional legal deception. I posted that a long time ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got that one. Right, right to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I got that. Is she putting this up on Facebook? Who? The lady that was talking, she's just posted something on what, Facebook legal deception or? Yes, I posted an example birth certificate for your viewing. Okay. Thank you. I'm going to go over that in a minute. Okay. I was just trying to cut down the noise a bit, but I can't really catch who's the one that there's someone in there talking to their children, and you can hear the background of the show at the same time echoing. So I was trying to stop that a little bit. Um, okay. Now, we were talking about doing the name change, right? And we do have some understanding in some of the older trust books that when you do do the name change, you know, that according to the courts, just because you were called a piece of gold and you were really a piece of silver, that it wasn't going to affect the title that you'd be called by because a coin is a coin, okay? Like if they're referring you to a coin, doesn't matter if the title of the coin is silver or gold, they're still referring to that coin, right? So they claim, well, changing the name isn't going to make a change because you're just changing it from one state to another, you know, like from one uh, style to another, and it really isn't going to matter because it's still the same name. But what I was explaining was that, you know, according to what's, what, Southern pulled up the other day, and he probably has it with him, I'm not sure, from his bedside, but he says that under the convention or under the rule of human rights, you were not only entitled to have a name, but you were also entitled to have your standing, you know, your nationality. Uh-huh. That's under the Geneva Convention, 1949. Uh, I Relating to prisons of war. It's right in there. Good. So even when you change your name, people, you know, it's more than just changing your name. Yes, the judge is going to hand you a decree with your new name, right? But you still have to change your status. And that has to be addressed as well when you change your name. You're not just going in there saying, I want to change my name because I'm an adult. You're changing your name to change your standing. You want it reassigned to you. They're going to call it a reassignment anyway. They're going to reassign this title to you. But in there, you you also have to make note to the judge that you want to be you want to be recognized as a man or woman on the land. 
jurisdiction and no longer under the maritime jurisdiction of the sea. You may want to add in your notes that if this takes him giving you a decree of emancipation, then that is what it will require, that you be emancipated as a free person. Because did not the Negro have to be emancipated before he became a free man? Yep, some of them were. And even with that, people, did he still have standing? Nope. Not according to um, that one case. What was that called again? Um, Dred Scott case. Judge Dred Scott case showed that even though the men were emancipated, they still were not free. They didn't even have a right to vote. Is it not? Somebody said something? Yeah, I was like, does it have something to do with the Black Christian Codes of 1871? Right. It had to do with Judge Scott case that the men were freed, and all of a sudden it was talking about, well, when the state captures you, that's a whole different ballgame from what we federal governments allowed. And you see that today with the um, marriage contracts where they say, okay, the federal government now made a supreme law of the land, but each state can still reject uh, an application for marriage uh, because they're trying to tell you that the, the federal government has limited authority over the powers that they can, ma- you know, impose upon one. So just because the the Supreme Court says it does not mean that the states have to follow. So basically I was looking at this birth certificate um, from England and or Great Britain. And if you look at the top of the paper, people, it says birth. Do you all okay. have a copy of it? No, I don't see it on Facebook on legal deception. It, no, it's on it's on the wall. I put it on the wall. On the wall. Oh, on the wall. No, I'm still not getting it. How do you You'll see like a little square, like a little square paper on there. Okay, yeah, I'm still not getting it. Somebody need to mute. Yeah, so people, people that have children, can you please mute out? 
I'd appreciate it. Is that, does right. anybody have it in their possession? No. We still don't see it up on us. It's a link that I put on the wall, and you can see partially the link, and you just click on the box, and the birth, the birth paper will pull up. I don't see anything that says wall on here. Your chat room. In the chat room. I see discussion, members, events, photos, and files. Are you inside the talk shoe? Oh, no, I'm on legal discussion. Okay, thank you. Yeah, it's in talk shoe. Oh, okay. So you're not Does on anybody Facebook. see it now? You're on talk shoe. I'm on talk shoe and I'm inside the chat room. Okay. Thank you. Can you post it one more time? I just uh, logged in on TalkShoe. Thank you. It should still be on the wall. Hold on. Let me... Grab it again. Hold on. She will text Texan girl is uh, asking to be muted. Yeah, I'm looking for who it is. Looks like that's Bill. How about now? Yeah. Now I don't know who the guy was. Can you hear me? Uh-huh. I yes. Hear you. There was some guy asking me about someone being muted. Yeah, Texan Gill. Texan Gill. It's Texan like the girl? Girl, probably, but it looks like Gill. Yeah, but they're already muted. Okay. But they have muted Let me themselves. put it back on here. Yeah, okay. Um, They're muted. Okay. I just put the link again, okay? I think they want to be unmuted. Unmuted? Okay, hold on. 
Okay. Thank you. All right. So do you see the link? Yes. No. Oh, yes. I just reposted it again, okay? Could at all possible you could um, put it up on Facebook, Legal Deception? Yeah. I can't uh, I'm not seeing it either. Yeah. Maybe boom. It should say it should say http www.google.com. Nah, um, it's coming in with a different link. Let it's me um, unauthorized. It's a i g u i m c o dot u k file. Hold on. Let me let me grab the link again. Hold on. Let me see if I can put it on Facebook's wall. Yeah. Uh, uh. Try to add it here. Okay, it's on the wall, the link, and when I click on it, it works. Facebook, talk to which one? On Facebook. I don't see it on there either. It works, yes, from Facebook. All right, well, I'm going to proceed so that way we can um, move forward with this. I'm not so well myself today, but I'm going to do what I can to go over this. Now, I was talking to the lady from the district court. Hello? Yeah. Yeah. Hello? Yeah, we can hear you. Oh, I thought Southern was calling me. Okay. I brought up this birth certificate because this is from the the princess who was born recently from um, Prince Catherine and Prince... Um, William. Okay. And if you're able to look at the birth certificate in the top, it says birth. Okay. It doesn't say birth certificate. It just says birth. 
Can you all see that? Yes. No. Yes. Okay. If you don't have it, that's why you don't see it. But it's I'm I'm explaining to you what's on there. On the top middle portion of the document it says first. And then it has like an entry number on the right hand side and I think it says like two hundred and twelve. That's a very low number, okay? Meaning that this birth is being registered in a different way from our birth, okay? Meaning that where they claim that they have no subject, that we're all civilly dead, it's because the way the certificate, first of all, because it's a certificate and um, what they're giving you is like a warehouse receipt. And on the first line of this certificate, or I'm, I'm just going to call it the birth paper because it doesn't say certificate on here. It says registration district. And on there it says subdistrict, and it says Westminster. Administrative, um, administrative area, area, city of Westminster. Okay. Then the next line it says child, date and place of birth. 2nd of May, 2015. St. Mary's Hospital, Parade Street, Westminster. Okay. You see any zip codes on there? Nope. No. Okay. It just has the district name. It just says St. Mary's Hospital, Parade Street, and then it writes Westminster as the um, uh, the district area. Then the next thing says name and surname. Now they need the child's name and surname. So the name of the child is Her Royal Highness, Princess Charlotte Elizabeth Diana of where, people? Cambridge. Right. Are they not listing her her place of birth as the city of her birth as part of her name? Did you guys catch that? Yo, you see that? By the land, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What else do you What else do you notice? Well, so it looks the like surname. The surname would be Cambridge, but Something. you notice they do it like how they always do it. Off the right. House. There's no last name. You notice that? Yeah, they took the come out. 
and made it one name. Right. There's no last name on this paper. Father, His Royal Highness, Prince William Arthur Philip, Duke of Cambridge. Mm. Is there any last name on there, people? No. No, supposed to be Windsor, is it? I thought it was Windsor. My thing is, now you see how they put, okay, he put the Duke of Cambridge, right? And mm-hmm. then and then they got the, uh, um, so everything is off. So basically, they're off, they're saying that they're coming from, so Cambridge is the, so we're, so who's Cambridge? Cambridge is the place? It's the land. It's the land, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You see any zip codes on this? Any what? Zip codes. No. It it goes back to what you were saying um a couple of episodes ago, She Wolf. It's like they your name was Yo, that's not even the bad part. Look down where it says place of birth and maiden surname. Your, oh your my name is the uh, name. Your last name is the land. Occupation. Yeah. Check occupation. Hold on. Hold on, you guys. We'll get, hold on, you guys. We'll get to there. We're just discussing something here. Yeah. That if you've noticed, there's no last name. Yeah. It, and part of your name was what? The land where you came from. Yeah. That was part of your name. I tried punching that in at the county records. I put my name and then I put comma, the United States. That didn't work out. Yeah, because you because see. You know why? Not, because the United then, States is a trust corporation. That's not a piece of land. Right. Exactly. Mm. So what would we put in? Okay. You got to put in the city of your birth. Yeah. Oh. Now, the next one. Mm. Place of birth, right? Now, this is after daddy's information goes in. It says place of birth. Paddington, Westminster. Okay, where he was born. And I'm going to look up these names to make sure that they were cities. And I'm going to probably write out a paper for this. Like, where is Paddington? Is Paddington a city? Is Westminster? I already know it's it's a registration district. So Westminster is a district. Paddington has to be either the county or it could be um, the city. So they're saying that they're from Cambridge. I'm thinking they're talking about the city. That's included in their name. Occupation, Prince of the United Kingdom. Okay. Mother, Mm. Catherine Elizabeth, Her Royal Highness, the Duchess of Cambridge. That's her name, see? 
all this first name, last name that they try to get you to do, you got to write your own certificate up because, you see, they try to do a military style on you, and then they don't allow you to include the, you know, the nationality or the land because they did that on purpose. <laughs> Uh, Place of birth, reading, occupation, princes of the United Kingdom, middle name, a maiden name was Middleton, and then it says surname is at marriage if different from maiden it, uh, maiden surname. Surname. And then they, they leave that blank. See, they don't put her last name as uh, Kate, uh, whatever his last name is. Usual address, if different from place of child's birth. Kensington Palace, London, W84PJ. Do you see any zip codes in there, people? No. No. Uh, Name and surname is not the mother or father. They cross that out. And then an informant, all they write is father. That's that's under qualification. Yeah, and then on the bottom it says, I certify that the particulars entered above are to the best of my knowledge and behalf. And he just writes his first name. You see that? Yeah. Okay. William. Is that how he signs his name, though? Yeah. And you know what? That's why I told you, you have the power of the first name. You don't need to use that last name. That last name, the government has control over that last name, but they don't have control over your first middle name. Say that again. The government does not have control over your first and middle name. Oh. Why? Because that's the name your parents gave you, not them. They're just holding it there, you know, like you're lost. Yeah. But they have some control over you by calling you, hey, Johnson, get over here. And, you know, you you know that that's your last name. So you'll approach, like, even in the military, they train you to call you, hey, Johnson, Jackson, Perez, Williams, come over here. They even totally leave out your first name because those are your given names. I don't see any zip codes. I looked up four of their birth certificates, people. There wasn't a zip code. Look at data registration. It doesn't have of on the May. It says 5th May 2015. Yeah. No of. Yep. And they write it backwards, 5th of May, 2015, and they write it out. They don't just write numbers. They write the date out. Yeah. 
Wow. So I wanted to show you why you have to get it right the first time. Because your child was entitled to have a name. It was entitled to have your father's signature on it, validating that the information is correct. He's supposed to be the informant. When he's not the informant, automatically the child will be presumed to be born out of wedlock without a dad. And they do count that and they take that very seriously. So for many of you dads out there, um, you may think it's not important, but I got the rest of my case. Mm-hmm. Regarding that child support, I mm-hmm. got all six pages now. And there was a child support order on the first two pages where they changed our identities because our dad acknowledged us. But I got the rest of the paperwork, and it said that the child support order was extinguished because my parents were married. So if you weren't married mm-hmm. and somebody filed the child support order, right? They try to hook it on you and automatically, like in our case, I'm I'm reading actually from my own private case, they said, Well, we made a mistake. These child were born out of wedlock, so they, they capitulated our names to all capital letters. So when I went in to address it, I told them, you are mistaken because in my family, our marriage is condoned by the blessing of the family, not by the blessing of the state. You know, during that time frame when you guys were just turning into, turning everyone into paper sh- shadow, um, you had just acquired Puerto Rico. So the Puerto Rican people weren't fully aware of this paper game that you were playing with them. So when they consummated their marriage, it was consummated with the blessing of the elders. And they had no idea that you had to consummate your marriage by the blessing of the state. So the state tried to invalidate our birth, me and my two brothers, because they said, oh, we looked and it says that these three were born out of wedlock, meaning that the state did not condone that marriage. So they made it very clear on the paper that they were claiming that my parents didn't ask the state permission to get married. And that's why I tell you it's very important that you obtain the copy of your certificate of live birth and try to get the one book, (laughs) the book entry because the book entry tells you whether your mom and dad was married or not married, and they try to write their own little notes in there. And then if they won't give it to you and they say, well, we can't give you that when it's sealed, then you need to write your name backwards and demand that they unseal it. I'm still waiting for that, but I'm to the point where I don't really care now. You know, I know what they've done. But um, you need that to show proof that they were committing genocide against you and turning you into civilly dead. 
Are you guys understanding what I'm saying here? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah. Yeah. Like I, like I see that. I, my problem was I didn't have my birth certificate, but that I do have. Where where it has my real my given name that they name me. I have like a certified copy that that my, my I guess my parents had to get it. You know before before I came to America. So that proves right. that name, your given name, and it's a copy with their their seal and all that. <laughs> Sorry about that, people. Oh, and that that's um, where and, and when I was looking, that shows the the difference. You know, that's not my given name. Yes, and and if you can get, they have two kinds. Like I saw on the paper, the one that we order in Florida, it says, "Do you want the one?" that we wrote into the book, it says we can give you a scanned copy? Yeah. Or do you want us to put it onto a long form? Like they can type it in for you on a long form? Uh, you don't want that. You want on a certified copy. Right. You know what? Get both of them to see if they make any uh, yeah, changes. Yeah, yeah, you always both. A lot of people are trying and to save money, $20, but... Yeah, you need all of it. You know why? Because when you're going to go turn something back into them, right, and say, I'm giving this back to you because of, you know, whatever the reason is going to be on the paperwork, try to see, um, you know, you really want the one, and you can try your best to get the one from the hospital, too, with the footprints. It may be difficult, but if you give it to them in writing and put your identification on there or where you can be reached, right, and give them a certified copy of your scanned birth record and you tell them you want the one that the hospital wrote up as well, right, and tell them, and if the footprints are available, I want the footprints that you put on on the document before you sent them off. Certificate of live birth from Florida is typed in. That wouldn't be the original that my parents Um, There's one. If you look real carefully, um, are you getting it from Jacksonville? Yes. It's saying birth number 109 dash, and it's like some numbers. Eight numbers. Right, but um, one says... Do you want a scanned copy? I think it's nine dollars. Try to get what's in is somebody snoring? Hello? If if someone is snoring, can Southern, is that you? Oh, snoring. Uh, Hello? I think the medication must have kicked in, put him to sleep. Yeah. If that's you, Southern, mute out. He's sleeping. Hold on. Let me see if that's him. Because, you know, he probably gave him some medication. Yeah, they probably gave him something to put him to sleep. Yeah, he was not doing too well, so hold on here. Yeah, I thought Um, I heard him a little bit. Let's see here. Um, oh, that southern um, name document.
Got it? Okay, I got it. Now, Southern uploaded a document called the Name Doc. Hold on here. Let me see if I see it. Um, I'm going to go into the files. Let me see if I can find it. Um, it's the second one. It's the second one? Let me look. Mm. Southern name proofread. I'm looking. You have one here, but it doesn't say. It just says from your computer, but it doesn't say anything about it. Well, mine has a, it's in DH form 19. Okay, okay, I see it now. Hold on. Mm, hold on here, let me. Yeah, it's a DLX file. Okay, DLX. let me see if I can put it on the wall. Uh, I'm going to put it on the wall right now. No problem. Let me see. Uh, control V. Okay, let me see if I can. Okay, that's the link to the new name doc. Where he added some more information to it to make it even more powerful. Oh, yeah, I got that. And, you know, you turn that into an affidavit when you want to file your private complaint. Remember, you're going to have to counter complaint them. Do never, never go in as a defendant. You're going to write your first name, comma, complainant. See, they're complaining on you. You counter complaint them. Okay. Now, as he goes finding more and more information about the name, then we go adding on to the document because um, we need to let these courts know that we are on to their little name game and that, you know, you're calling people into court, but you're definitely not calling their name. And the problem that we have with that is that why are you calling, why are you calling the um, principal into court you have access to that principle, or you may have a right of use to that principle. So why are you harassing people and calling them into court to make them, um, you know, like perform like monkeys in front of you just for show and tell? So um, let me see what else here. Um, there was... Uh, and I know you guys read about the post Limney last week. That's in there. Um, I wanted to talk to you today about a situation that happened, and I'm not going to give out any names because it just happened today, okay? Where a young couple had a baby, right? And DCF tried to make some allegations against them. And uh, they were called in by the hospital against these two parents who were all ready to take their baby home, had all their things ready for their new baby. And this is how it worked, okay? I'm going to tell you how, how DCF becomes involved and the hospital helps them. You know, they try to act like they don't know what's going on, but they do. They make you sign a HIPAA form 
and they'll tell you that the HIPAA is just a notice that they're gonna they're gonna respect your privacy practices. Have you all signed one of those before? Like when you go into the hospital, they make you sign this HIPAA privacy practices that they won't violate giving out your information. Okay, perhaps not. Well, each hospital or emergency room, when you go in there, they make you sign a HIPAA. Even when you go to the doctors, they make you sign a HIPAA, meaning that they they claim that they're not going to violate your privacy and share your information with anybody. But in the fine print, it doesn't tell you that. It does tell you, but you don't see it because it's just so many pages that if any government agency asks for that private information, that they're going to disclose it. And I believe, if you read it carefully, I believe it does say by court order that they have a right to get access to these documents. So when a CPS comes in and tries to take your child from the hospital or they're saying, we're coming in and we, like, just say you're accused of doing drugs or whatever, um, you know, you're already drugged because the hospital drugged you when you did your delivery. And they'll come in and say, oh, well, we found a trace of marijuana in your system. And because of this, your baby was born. I'm just giving you a scenario. Baby's born with a heart murmur, and they might have had a trace of marijuana in their system. So you know what? We're we're going to, um, you're either going to allow us to provide you services, or we can take your baby from you right now. That's what they'll do to threaten you. So a parent not knowing because they're both vulnerable. They just had the baby. Um, they don't know really what to do. They don't want their baby to get taken away from them. They sign on the dotted line and say, okay, well, we're just going to allow this worker to come in. We don't have anything to hide. We don't know what's wrong with our baby. We don't know why the baby has this situation, but we're just going to comply because we don't want them taking our baby away from us, Okay. So they sign the contract and they leave the hospital. And um, the first mess that comes through is they order them to move out of their home, that they're not trusted home alone with their child. Okay, I already knew they were going to do that. They're gonna, the first thing they're going to do is bust up the family and make them move out of their apartment. What does that cause people that cause the financial strain and burden? especially when the couple is just given, you know, birth to a newborn, you're, t- you're saying, I want you to pull this baby out of this loving uh, environment that only you would know what baby's going to need when they first come home. Well, now that baby's not going to go home, and it's going to go into the home of a stranger whose home is not fully prepared yet for a newborn baby or a newborn baby that may have some type of... Uh, uh, a breathing disorder or heart murmur, heart problems, and so forth. So the family had been subjecting themselves for about two weeks now to the whims of the DCF and having to find babysitters to watch the baby while they ran their errands and um, did their daily chores for their survival so that they could continue paying the rent where they used to live at that's now on hold because DCF ordered them to remove out of the place. Now they have to upkeep where they're at and upkeep the home that they were staying. 
So then the worker decides, well, I'm not going to show up today. I'm going to have someone else show up today and pretend that they're me. What do they do? They bring in all kinds of documents saying for them to sign it. But it wasn't the person who initiated the case. And so that gets documented. And uh, each time they came in, uh, <clears throat> dressed the way they were, uh, and signing off as if they were the same individuals, well, that went on a note, you know, to be used in questioning the safety and protocols of their handling of the child. Like one minute you say it's one child, the next minute you're saying that that's not the child, it's another child. So basically, so you don't lose the child. Now, what I did was I intervened a little bit today. And I called the worker with uh, the person who's involved who has power of attorney over the child. And we asked the department, did you have authority uh, or under what authority do you come in and are seizing the child? And they looked at me and said, uh, well, we're seizing them through the photographs. And we're told to move them out of the section into some bunkered area where they're going to work and they're going to be fed or whatever. But you think about the children here in the hospital. They're being marked. They're tattooed as a certain number. And then the mom, they use a thumbprint to identify her as giving the child away. So I noticed that both of the ankles had numbers inscribed in them. What? Yeah. Like a tattoo? Like a tattoo. They have like this clip on the baby's ankle. And when you're not looking, they try to see you're not looking. They withdraw the baby's vial of blood from those Any questions? I just I just had a I just came from the hospital, so I know what the form you were talking about. And on that form, they have a uh, they have a they have a space for patient, and then they have another space for personal representative. So what I did is I signed as I signed for personal representative, and I put in the, I put in the agent. But what I did on the patient is I signed as I signed for the straw man in all caps, and then the representative name I put by my name and then comma agent, and then I put the UCC one dash three hundred eight on it. So the guy said. Oh, this is how you handle this. Is how you handle your legal affairs? I said absolutely, and and that was that. So I, mm-hmm. I know that HIPAA form that you were talking about, and um, 
Also, the the birth certificate that you were talking about, you said from England. It's kind of it's, it's kind of like how the Bible had you know Jesus of, of Nazarene, and then um, his nativity was in Bethlehem, and it was just going right back to the land. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all biblical though. They say, yeah, Ecclesiastic, right? It's in paper form. Basically, they have control over the all caps and upper and lower. Well, I mean, until you until you go out there and put a power of attorney and, and let them know that you you know you you're coming and take over, you know what's going on, you know the the law of principal and agency, and you're coming in as a authorized the duly authorized agent or attorney in fact to, to handle all business, tax, and legal affairs. If, you, if we don't have that in place, then we don't. We really don't have any standing to tell these people anything, because we're still looked at like uh, I think how how she woke in Southern say like we're not the peaceful civilians. We're we're the, we're, the, we're assumed and presumed to be belligerent and combatants. And civil and still civilly dead. Oh, that's 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 the question I want to ask you, she woke. Is that when you when you put. When you put a, a, you know, you're doing your DBA and everything, uh, or your name mm-hmm. change and that, do you, are you, were you putting down peaceful civilian? Because I, I heard, I heard the recorder call and you, you were talking about like state citizen and. Yeah. Um, well, did you put down peaceful civilian too, or you just kept it a state citizen? I wrote uh, <clears throat> state civilian woman on the land. Oh, state civilian. Okay. You know, like, I want a civilian due process. Otherwise, they'll use their Lieber code process, which is no process. They just, you can tell when you get a Lieber code process because they talk amongst each other. Mm-hmm. And you're ignored totally from the equation. They won't even look at you. Um, like, if you hand them your ID, mm-hmm. they take the ID with the, with the pencil and they move it around until it faces you. Mm-hmm. And they won't even acknowledge it. They acknowledge it like if you gave like if you gave them something of disgusting, something filthy. Mm. Like, like if we came from the slums, right? Mm-hmm. And that they were not worthy of touching that ID because it appalled them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I was also that. thinking, I was thinking like how you were saying like with the fictitious name thing, with a fictitious name application, wouldn't it be a good idea to attach the POA to it as well? I mean, the P the POA really is going to be the POA that you really want to establish is like I. I you know, this is just a, a personal opinion, but I would put the uh, actually the POA inside of your will when you when you when you are stepping into probate. 
Yeah, when you, you can attach it to there. If you have someone assigned to manage your financial affairs, um, you can put them down as the power of attorney, right? Yeah, but I'm saying like how, like how we have power of attorney of our straw man. Right. I would, I would, I would think that because remember in the power of attorney it mentioned all those rights that you was mentioning about you wanted the the person to have. So in that case, wouldn't it make sense to just attach it there, attach it in the power into the into the um into the into mm -hmm. the application so that they would know by the power of attorney just what you're asking for because that power of attorney just breaks it down. You know that, right? Right. Yeah. And so why would we why would we try to explain something when the power of attorney explains it all? You want right. total you know, control, like you want bottom? all agencies made okay. clear. You want it's almost like the affidavit of claim of live life in there. It's the airship. It's the it's all those things that we want in there. In there, you want to be treated as a civilian man on the land. It's in there. You know, you have your national right. put your nationality in there. Like like with the Moors, I was thinking with the Moors now attach the Moors to give yourself a nationality in there, so that when they decree it, they decree it with the nationality. Right. Like, or maybe then, just add, just add the add the resolution seventy five into there, because they recognize the resolution seventy five for the Moors. Okay. You know, so, so what like, you would do is you, you know make a little booklet because when you're going to do this name change, you add yeah, you all have that a in there, and you got to bind it. So that they can't separate parts and pieces, okay? Exactly. You get a binder and you snap that sucker shut or go to Staples and they will bind it for you. Hey, She-Wolf, I used your uh, mm -hmm. civilian, uh, 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 a civilian man in a uh, debt collector case. And uh, I don't know how good it did, but I attached an order to to uh, discharge the case. Uh, for the bad luck, the uh, the accuser did not show up. They had a re uh, replacement attorney, and uh, the judge. I gave the letters right on uh, on the hearing, and the judge said, "I cannot uh, approve your motion." And I said, "It's not an, a motion; it's an order." Mm -hmm. And he said, but I can't do that. You know, he was like in a bad position. And I said, Your Honor, it's, um, you know, you can see the papers, read the reasons. I have enough, I had an affidavit, um, um, you know, rebutting all the points in his lawsuit. In the meantime, I had sued the debt collector uh, on federal court. So he knew wow. that. And he gave us two months to resolve the issue. He said, I'm going to give you two months. I insisted to discharge it. He said, I cannot approve, uh, I cannot dismiss. It's not a dismiss, Your Honor. I, I mentioned him three times. So, no, 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 he, he was kind of, you know, was not really happy with the whole situation. Uh, well, well, the court well, was I not full. Was not, was like you went, did you go in there as a defendant? Uh, I went there as a civilian. No, but I'm. Was 
affidavit as a, were you defending the charges or were you, you see, that's like she will, oh, I think she would said you never go in there defending the charges. You go in there with your counter complaint. But, but you are not listening what I'm telling you. So yeah. he, sued, he sued me first, and I sued him in federal court for uh, oh. FDCPA and FCRA. I don't know if you know the debt collection law. Yes. So, and, was uh, he a the time debt collector? Was a debt collector. A lawyer, um, I think they were a lawyer office. That's what they said. Oh, a third party. A third party for a debt buyer. So it was a debt okay, buyer. Then. Where's the contract? But, yeah, you're, yeah, let me tell you the story because I know stuff like that. So what I did, I experimented. I was going for the hearing, so the hearing time came before, you know, doing any discovery or anything else with the federal case, with my case as a accuser or plaintiff, whatever. So on that hearing, uh, the judge really was kind of uh, in the corner. He didn't feel happy with me. He's, he was always saying dismiss and uh, motion. And I had an order and discharge. I didn't mention the word dismiss. You know, I, had, uh, I was coming as a civilian saying uh, that there is no reason to continue this you know, process or anything. And I said, I order this, course, this court. And all you're doing when you're in there is validating or invalidating a dispute. If there's no contract, there's no case. They're a third party. It's very, what? very simple with these third-party debt collectors. You, you're sending them a little notice. Please provide me a wet ink signature of the contract I have with you. Otherwise, hang on, hang on, hang on. I've done all that before. I disputed all the debt and I communicated. I sent a letter intent to sue, and with uh, their stupidity, they sued me first. In the end. Your listener, I don't know your name, they paid me in the end. So okay. they asked me to, add, to settle the case, and they paid me. I, they wanted to collect from me over 7000 I filed a lawsuit for more than 15000 and they paid me in the end. So both cases were dismissed. I'm just telling one episode. I'm not sure. looking for help. I'm not looking for help. But you're showing that you went in as a counter-complainant. Well, kind of like this, but not really. I didn't do that in the same court because I was looking for more money than 7000 that the small claim can, uh, you know, let you file, yeah, provide. And I wanted to be a different court. But, uh, She-Wolf, I have another case I filed against another debt collector. And yeah. it's coming time to go for a hearing. Now I want to need your thoughts. How do I order the court this time to grant me my, you know, the money? <laughs> How would you okay. Who say are you it going in two against? words? Was that, please? Who Once is again? the offender? The offender is a law office again from, uh, I don't know, uh, New York. Is the law officer the one who offended you? Yeah, they pulled my credit twice. A okay. hard pull and a, another inquiry twice. 
and then okay. start, they sent me two Dunning letters. So I accused them on small things scored for $6,000. Okay. Yeah, no permissible purpose. If, yeah, sure. Did you give them the right to open that? What's that, please? Did you give them the right to open your records? No. <laughs> they no, just they have went no permission in and purpose. got it. Yeah. Now, if you were to put an order for, uh, you know, giving me the money or the case, how would you express mm -hmm. it? Well, first of all, are you going to have a trial? Uh, it's it's a hearing on 14th of April. Okay. On the hearing on the 14th of April, you prepare yourself a document as a complainant, right? At the top of your form, mm -hmm. you are the complainant, and the adversaries on the other side of the paper. Yes. Okay. The judge sits neutral in the middle. Okay. I have called myself. Uh claimant, and the other guy is the wrongdoer. It's again a small okay. claims court. Okay. So the notice is for the wrongdoer. Mm-hmm. What has he done wrong? He uh, invaded my privacy. He uh, uh, destroyed my credit. And he destroyed my happiness. I, I lost my happiness all these days. Okay. Now, he destroyed your credit how? By hard pull. You lose probably like seven to eight points. One hard pull from a debt collector. Uh, okay. Bye. Do you, have, do you have your UCC in place? You're going to no, have I to don't. write out the process of how that operates, right? Uh-huh. And you're going to have to explain how that affected you and how did that cause you damage. Okay. And in the end, I say I order this court to grant to... the claimant... I'll send you an example. I'll upload it and it tells you, you know, I pray that this court grant my order due to the following information provided above. Now, uh, she Wolf, I don't like the word pray because that makes the judge God. If I'm uh, giving him an order... We understand that, but he does believe he's God. The judge is God. He's the government orders department. He is God. Government orders department. Well, he oh. has a name. You can use his name. That's his official name. Right. Okay. You can you can look for his official. He has an official name in the mountain of names that he uses, right? Yeah. And you can call him the case number and say, I would like to know the judge who is appointed uh, to this case. 
and they'll put you with that person, and they'll give you the name <laughs> in proper format. Okay. So, Just in case uh, in general, it's going to be who he is. Yeah. I mean, in general, you say the the, the the parties on top and then explain the damages. And then in the end, uh, I order Judge, uh, let's say, Smith to grant to me this case with the amount required. And uh, if you think it's reasonable, more, double or triple. Careful. <laughs> Uh, all right, um, she Wolf. I have another question. I uh, I have re- uh, all papers ready to file for the name change, and as, yeah. as you can understand, I was not born in this uh, in this land called the United States of America, so I had to do all paperwork a little different from other people. Now, right. what do you yeah? What do you think is the proper court? Is that uh, probate court or uh, I'm, I live in Massachusetts, uh, or Superior Court. Uh, well, you would call the Massachusetts Supreme Court or uh, District Court of Tarrant County. Yeah, District Court is the county. Right. County has probate court, too, and then has a Superior Court, which is for cases... Um, that are really, you know, tough cases. Right. So you would look at the heading of the title. See if you see a complaint on your case. And you're going to be on the left-hand side. Are you taking this to trial? No, the change name, I want to do it the way I've heard in your show. Okay. The change name that I'm going to be doing probably tomorrow. I just got the, you know, like I just got my version through the, um, the law library in Texas. And they just sent me the link to all the forms. And if anybody's in Texas and they put me an email, they're welcome to get a copy from me. Okay. I do. That's, that's just for Texas? Yeah, just for Texas. So who do we find out for, like, Florida? Who do we call now? Uh, Just type in... Google name change form for an adult. And they'll point you in the right direction to get the name change forms for an adult in the state of Florida. Yeah, it's like a it's like a petition. It's like a pre generated petition that you gotta fill in some blanks and all that. But we was thinking and it's basically set up an affidavit and what I notice about it was that it starts it starts out as a petition and right before you sign it it becomes a motion because you sign to verify that the information is true 
on this motion on this that motion. you um, submitted. Everybody there? Yeah. Yeah, I'm listening here. Yeah, so that was odd, you know? I'm just wondering if anybody else has any name change insight that they would like to put. But I'm ready. I'm ready to do mine. So. Yeah, but the problem with that problem with that form is you're signing their form. Yeah. Would it be better to make up your own an affidavit form? Yeah, that's what I was. That's what we. I just wanted to say that um, we had downloaded the form and it didn't really look right um, as to how, you know, like how you fill it out because they're, they're, they were saying on the last page that your status will either be restored or it may not be restored. And then they want your signature. So it seems like they're taking the name when, you, when you're signing your name to their documents is their stuff. But when you put your petition out, you want them to sign your stuff. So it, so it seems like that form, it makes me think that was a setup form. It is. Good name change. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Breaking up. Hello? I mean, my, my, my thoughts on that based on the... Hello? I'm sorry. I wish I can hear what you're saying, but... I'm breaking up. I was saying in regards to the information Ms. Shewolf just told us about the birth, then most of the applications have last name information on it. So right then and there, we'll be in that jurisdiction. How's your bars? Can you can you can you see your bars? You have the enough. Um, can you hear? Because we can't hear you. Hello. You can hear me. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Much better. All right. Sorry. Based on what Miss Shewa was explaining tonight concerning that birth, the birth is opposed to the certificate of library. It's like all these applications that we're filling up, they're asking for last name information, along with the zip codes. So it seems like we have to create our own with information. Basically, when they ask for name, just the first name. You mean on the Because okay, we're, we're I know we're, things we're, out. we're all in the same state. Now, you're talking about that fictitious form you're talking about? Well, on even the on the fictitious form, the information required from us, it asks for a last name. Nine times out of ten, we will fill that out. But knowing that we're not supposed to use that last name because it's theirs. It seems like we need to make our own documents. Have them yeah, but, no, but the what? thing is that when you fill out that fictitious form, they're saying that the, the fictional name cannot be the same name as the owner, which is fine because all you do is change the format name of the owner. Like I put the last name and then I put the name dash, colon, the owner's address. And then if you're a Moore, you can put the Moore's name, different address. You know what I'm saying? And then then sign it. 
So when you fill that out, and then make sure, remember you were talking about that second line at the top. It's supposed to put that, remember we're talking about exemption, using my birth certificate number as my legal name, heir to beneficiary. Because I've seen some of the forms come back from the state of Florida, and it's not the same as what you need when you're incorporated. Okay, basically what I was asking, my question is this. What if the section that asks for owner, if you just put your first name, that's it? Will it then change that that assumed status to that's the owner who can dispute it? Because we know somewhere out there that we have unforeseen records that it's only disposed to us if they choose to. So based on that knowledge, there's an unforeseen record out there where this exists where it should have been just our first name. Well, from I can what only tell I, you what I did, and I put in the the name of the owner, which is the name of the fictitious person, but it's written in a different form because law is exact. So if you put a dash in between the last uh, the, the 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 your first name and your middle name, and a colon, it's not going to be the same name as the fictitious name. But when you put the exemption with the birth certificate that is exempt and you're you're a beneficiary of that heir, it changes the form in which you're presenting it to them. Okay. That's how I understood because I've read everything. And then put it on record, like Sun Sentinel is wonderful if you're in Broward County because they'll do everything A to Z. They'll do the ad for you. They'll send you your affidavit. They'll do everything for you one time. I just got back the affidavit for the fictitious name that I had um, filled out. But here in Texas, it doesn't say anything about having to post it or put it in the newspaper. Yeah, Uh, different. Yeah. There's nothing. I read their whole statute on the assumed name, and there's nothing in there anywhere that says you have to put it in the newspaper or uh, post it on the courthouse wall, nothing. Yep, state of Florida, you do. But on that That's application, fine. does it have that? Um, yeah, when you sign you, it, it says that, it says that one, upon completion, completing signing this arrangement that you have already um, fulfilled the um, notice that you have to go online with a county in your county and newspaper that is registered with the Florida, um, I think, fictitious names online so that the state can also see that. I just got my affidavit signed by in, in original blue ink from Sun Sentinel acknowledging that that was done. So the process is done for me. I just have to do my next thing, you know, which is the authentication of the birth certificate. And what's great about Jamaica 
what I notice is that the Jamaicans already have their registration on their hands, but but no securitized birth certificate. So it's easy for them to prove that that registration has their upper and lowercase name with the father signed their. Sorry. That their father signed on their behalf. So the father was the informant. Well, if he's not on as the informant, somebody else is. But he signed as the father for the child. So that's the uppercase, lowercase, and the other part of the registration to prove that your parents did fill out the information correctly. And then when you ask for the securitized one that's on the securitized paper, you notice that it's dead. So if you look at the time of the registration date, and then look at the registration birth on the dead person, you'll see between that time you were free at that one time. And if you're from Jamaica, you know, you're very lucky to have that. Whereas when you're in Florida, you have to look for both, your mom and your dad. That's just my personal opinion on what I've gone through, you know? She well, if I'm here in Texas, if I give you my email address, then you email me what you got from the uh, probate court. Oh, maybe they had to come off for a minute. Yeah, I noticed that each state and each country is very different. But they always seem to have a provision for both birth certificates that you need, the uppercase and the block name. As long as the uppercase, lowercase um, owns the uppercase name with everything else that was said, you should be okay because I'm waiting on my certificate now. Well, hey, while we we don't have She-Wolf on right now, I'd like uh, to ask a question. I'm from Minnesota here, and I just grabbed uh, an assumed name application off the website for the Secretary of State. And there is nothing on there to, that would uh, mark you off as a corporation or a trust or anything like that. And I'm just wondering, is, is there anybody out there that's filled out uh, an uh, application for Minnesota and filed for Minnesota? Oh, okay. So you're saying they don't give you the options that you're looking for? Correct. Is there blank lines that you can use to put in what you need? No. I mean, unless I want to write in between the field areas, you know, like, unless I want to write below the box in which we're supposed to fill out the um, assumed name, I want to write below that outside the box. But I'm wondering if they would reject it then. Okay, so what does it say? 
Well, I mean, I pulled this off the off the internet. You know, if I went to the Secretary of State Minnesota and just downloaded it, it says says list the exact soon name under which the business is or will be conducted. Okay, so the uppercase name. Correct. And then then uh, number two, it says principal place of business, which is the street address. Right. Or if you have a PO box, fine. Then number three. Then number three has three areas for the potentially three owners of the business will be using the name. And then number four is the signature area. And, of course, on the signature area, it, there's no first, middle, or last. And then below that, it has print name and title. So I'm wondering in that title area, should I put something like uh, owner unincorporated? Oh, no. What I would do is, okay, so you fill out the uppercase name on the top. And then the owner is in the last name, uppercase, lowercase, last name. I like to put a dash in between the middle name and the first name so it'll change it so it's not the same. And if there's anywhere you can put by the legal, by the uppercase name, um, exempt using my birth certificate number uh, as heir and beneficiary. Remember what she said, those wording? Yes, I could put that. There is there is yeah. space in that area where, you know, you're supposed to print your name and title. Right. The title is, I would say my title is heir and beneficiary of the account and owner. Heir, beneficiary, and owner. It's a legal name. So what about that? You're saying your birth certificate number, and don't forget to put that. You need to put that. Correct. So um, what about the unincorporated, the word unincorporated? Yeah, that has to go there, too. Okay. Okay. That's what I need to know. Okay. Thank you. That That's wasn't like, on your application? No. Whether it was unincorporated or incorporated? No, they don't give you any choices. In Minnesota, for the um, application, they don't give you any choices. To mark yeah, Florida, up. too. Florida does the same thing. They don't tell you that. But the other state, I think it was Maryland or Minnesota, the guy I pulled it up, it asks you, incorporated, and if it's not, if it's incorporated, what trust would you like to apply it to? I was like, man, we didn't get that option. Nobody said anything to us about that. So it's right. definitely different in every state. To, to the caller, you got to put a statement on there that you're exempt because yep. I am using my full legal name. That's right. a phrase that's only on one application from what she Wolf was explaining. That's on a Broward County application. It's not on the rest of the applications. It's not for the state of Florida. So what some of us did was take that phrase and apply it to the application for the state. You have to put, I am exempt because I my legal my name full, full legal name. Right? Right. right. Um, so it was on a previous... And then don't talk. forget to put... When you put that, when you said using my full legal name for a birth certificate number as heir and beneficiary. Okay, got it. So make sure you put unincorporated. That's what makes you exempt from having a corporation business but still able to do business. So it's almost like you're able to exist and do business, but you're not part of the corporation. 
You're exempt from that. And for the caller in Texas, maybe that's why your application didn't have where you had to print it in a newspaper because you make your own rules. That's like printing a newspaper, you're going public. You're private. I don't see no DBA for Trump. Them advertising. So what else I'm, I'm kind of wondering here is when you actually get your certificate back from the state, um, it won't have any of this unincorporated heir and beneficiary on the certificate. It's only on the application, correct? Yes. What you fill out is what is going to print out. That's what they're going to certify, what you put on the application. Right, but when they actually send you the certification, it ain't going to have... No. We'll have all that stuff you wrote down on the print name and title area? No, it's going to be attached. The certificate is attached to to your DBA application. Okay. Well, I don't care. I, I guess even if it's dent, at least you, you'll have a copy of the application, so... Okay, thank you. So, yeah, I had to, well, for that fictitious name, I had to read it like a hundred times. Because no, what I've noticed in all the documents that they present, there's a private side and there's a public side. And that fictitious name has a public and a private side. You're either incorporated or you're not. Because our goal is that we don't want to exist off Federal Reserve notes. We want to exist off of credits, off our birth certificate. Full face and credit. Yep. One minute. So I was just thinking. So those those that are born in the state, their actual record will be in the county where they were born in, correct? Anybody? Say that again. Those born in, say, America... Their actual record will be in the county and where they was born at. Yes. Okay. Maybe that's how it's listed when you go down to public records in the deed section. First name, comma, and that. Landmass we use a part of. Another question here is um, for those when if we were to go to a probate court and we were to get this decree from the judge, would we actually we would make the order up ourselves? And if we do make up the order ourselves, what are all the specifics we want to be asking for? And I'm wondering, is one of them would would one of them be um, 
cooperation from custodians to help um, settle obligations out there under the all caps name. Is that something you could ask for? Yeah, but I was thinking about to act to ask for it by attaching the POA, since the POA had everything you wanted and all the powers that you wanted granted to you. You would attach the POA because if you have POA over the straw man, of course you you can be you can demand um, um, that tells that tells you what you're demanding. You know. So that wouldn't be an unreasonable request then, I guess. Okay. No, it wouldn't be a re- unreasonable. You you see you you see you're not you see when you're doing. I don't think you're violating any one of their procedures when you're doing it because you see you gotta understand you have you can't just send a bare document. You know, like they they put these forms online and expect you just to send them off. But you, you if you just send them off, that's them asking you what they want to ask you. But if you know what you want, you'll know how. If you already know what you want and how to do it, you would know, okay, then I can't go about it the way everybody else is going about it because that's not what I, that's not the outcome I want. But if you know what you want, you can get it. But you have to know how to put it in how they want it, how they want to see it. Right. And I know one of the things that I would want is I'm, I, want the, I want a judge's order ordering custodians to cooperate with me in the settlement of all obligations. That's, That's in the POA. in the POA. Okay. Can't go wrong. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. That's where you can, you can literally discharge debt with your signature. Yeah, your well, um, you, yeah, you, you can. Everyone can. It's just that we're, we just don't know how to do it right. Right, but it just looks a lot, a lot nicer if there's a judge ordering the custodians to cooperate. Exactly. Right, and it's just like it's just like what well, um, Southern Command says. All right, it's all military, right? And so, guess what? The only thing the soldier follow is what orders, right? So you need to make their orders what you want it to be so that when they're following orders, they don't, they're not, when they're doing what you're telling them to do, it won't be a conflict to them because they were ordered to do it. And as long as they follow an order, they know they can't be held liable. So it's like everyone's, none of them wants to take liability, right? Because you know what liability means. They lose their sweet little position and now they don't even gonna know where they. You gotta understand a lot of a lot of these people. Just like when you was watching the Matrix, and Marfish is walking through the training program, and says some of these people are so affixed to the Matrix that they don't want to lose that, that that little privilege that come along with that job title. You know what I mean? And they're gonna they're gonna do their best to keep to, to keep it. And if you come in there telling them violate their orders, and you think that's gonna benefit them they're not going to accept it because they know they're going to get in trouble for it. There's no... Go ahead. My first order is always that of peace. I start my orders off with peace. How how successful it has been, I don't know. I just put it in the case. But it's peace. You write your own order for the judge to sign. 
Um, he does it to the attorneys all the time. He'll tell the attorneys to write up the order because the judge don't want to do it. Um, so you have your order put together, uh, the stipulations that you're asking for, and all he has to do is sign it when you go in oh, for that name Maybe change. why it's not going, you see... May, I think um, I'm, I'm listening. Uh, you just remind me of something she will said when she said, okay, then, if you're going into the court trying to get the order, when you go civilian style, guess what? You bypass the judge and force the clerk to put the order in, which not really force her. She'll just be doing her job because there's no other signature required other than no other seals required than what's there already. Yeah, so you would hit him with the affidavit, throw the stamp on there, turn around and sign it, and then it wouldn't. Yeah, then it wouldn't go in the normal way anymore. That's correct. It it goes to the CEO, right? The attorney. Yeah, what we have to do, what what I'm realizing, what we have to learn to do is to learn how to bring the private to the public without conflict. Yeah, Yeah, we have to do it. You see, now once we're doing all these steps that we're doing with fictitious name, claiming our property, and using it for assets, then we're doing it how they've been doing it. All right? So now we don't have to, we're not forced to to struggle looking for stuff. Now your real purpose has to come out. You know what I mean? So... And that's what that's a lot that frightens a lot of people because your purpose could be something that's world changing. You know, you see something that not everybody ready for that. Excuse me, can I interject? People missing something on on process. It's all about process. This is blue again. It's all about the process. First thing you got to know is when you go into probate court, you got to know. They can't have any attorneys in there. It's you and the judge. Because an t- attorney to go to probate on an issue that is yours is uh, actually trespassing into the private, okay? Probate exactly. is, only for li- is only for people, okay? It's not for freaking like attorneys and all that stuff. And the other thing is, too, is in order that you get respected for your position, you have to have your status firmly in place. And what does that mean? If, you know, like if you see any documents that any of, them, any of them serve on you, they'll have on their document in the beginning under what authority that they're there. Well, you have to have it under what your authority is there. And if you did your, if you did your power of attorney correctly, then you will have recorded it, and you should have got a registration number. That registration number should be uh, listed as under the authority, and then you put that number on that document. Now, all of a sudden, they've got to go check that out and make sure that's true. Now they will start respecting you because now they've you've affirmed to them that you have the authority to be doing what it is that you're doing. Otherwise, you're fighting an uphill battle. Okay, that's the first part. But the other part is, remember, the courts are acting as the executor of Nissan Tort because you haven't got a will in there. And if you haven't got a will in there, you can't be the executor. You can't even appoint yourself executor. You have to have the will in first. Through the will or intervial's trust, which would be a living trust, Appoints the executor. Now you have now you have standing and authority to be doing everything yeah, they're doing. Here's the thing, though, with that: when you have a trust, 
and you have, like, those private documents, those are your documents. See, I, I wouldn't want to record that in their records because it's mine and it's public. Maybe they can see the first no, page. No, no, no. You're, you're right. You're right. Well, what's no. what you record? All you, you know record I mean? is, all you record is the declaration that there is a trust. You don't put any of the information. Right. It just, yeah, the, just but, declaration to say that there is one. Exactly, yeah, let me That's exactly right. So if you don't have those in place and you're trying to do yeah, all those other things. It's truly private. So the yeah. first time mm-hmm. you go to court, you have to have a reason. And your reason is your petition for a deed poll. What's the deed poll? The deed poll is the name change. That's the terminology used. And they have forms for that. But what you do is you find out what the requirements are for a deed poll, and you transpose those requirements out of their forms onto your private paper because that's the equitable approach to doing it. You don't use their form. You exactly. Use, that's know. why I keep telling everybody because when it's, it's like this. I make a form and you sign off on mine. You don't make a form and I sign off on yours. I don't think so. Absolutely. I look at the petition form that they provide and extract the REM from that and understand to apply uh, contract and equity law and understand Roman law and to know what's necessary to address and what's not, you know, because they have all the information on you. They have more than you'll ever know. Absolutely. The majority of their forms are all boxed into. Everything is boxed. and that's why the post-lemenium document says that slaves are easily to be released because they're easily found because they're tracked and tagged and have all this stuff on them that they're easily found. Let me tell you what I did with my will. Um, I was working with a probate judge a couple of years ago. And working with Boris, what we did is we took our will and sealed it and wanted to put it in to the, the probate record for safekeeping. The court tried to tell us we couldn't do it. We went back to the probate judge, and he says, yes, you can. I understand what you're doing. He says, go back out there and try to file it. If she won't file it, have her call me. So we did that, and he says, no, I can't file it because it's sealed. I said, okay, judge wants you to call him. So she called the judge, and the judge told her, yes, deposit it for safekeeping and give him a receipt. So really? A deposit for safekeeping and a receipt? Yes. So what they have is my will deposited for safekeeping, and it's sealed on the private side. So you have a receipt? Yes. And what does this receipt say? I'll tell you. Hold on. You have to get a, you have to get a receipt for everything. And exactly. document who's who and what what and who's and who and what. Yeah, and a true receipt, not the receipt they give you when they pay a bill. Can anybody explain the difference between a will and a living will? Yes, there's a difference. The living will is called an inter vivos trust. The living will is declaring 
that I'm alive and well. I'm not lost to speak. I'm a living man. Okay? And, and they're alive. Okay? So the other will is the will of the decedent. That will is the one that we're, is the uh, birth certificate, which is the death certificate. So yeah. one of them. Yeah, really yeah that's right. And, and then we learned that there's two decedents. Here's what my feet says. Um, certificate of will and testament certified the true and original extract recorded in Bell County, Texas. And then it's got a record number. And then Perfect. on the comments, it just says will in case and then the number that they had assigned to it. Perfect. Signed by the judge? By the clerk of court. So one would need to have two wills then, a living will and a regular will. Well, you call the living will an inter vivos trust, okay? That, that's yeah. kind of like, again, everybody's uh, getting different. Uh, the same words trying to be two different things. Try to break things up so you don't have this clouded title thing going on. You know, so you, it's, a living will is called an inter vivos trust, essentially. So study that in itself, because that's a whole... Inter vivos trust? How you spell you it? spell that? Yes. Okay. Look, it also says on my receipt, this instrument remains the property of the estate, is not negotiable. The possessor or holder of this instrument is liable for its safekeeping and proper use. Wow. So have you found any financial freedom after that document? Not yet. We've been working on the same thing you guys have for gosh, 15 years. Now oh, that wow. we've come across this process, I think it, it's going to streamline everything, but we're just trying to make sure that we've got our T's crossed, our I's dotted. Um, the biggest hurdle for me was I'm not from Texas, and I was trying to get around having to go back to Iowa to go to the probate court in Iowa. Yeah. But with the documents we've got now and um, working with you guys and um, some of the information we've gotten from Rourke, um, I think we're pretty well there. Yeah. It's just that when you come from another country or state, you have to read the rules and regulations so you can you know, understand and get it through. That's for sure. But I'd love to hear how the rules are in other states so we can all learn and understand. Sure, and they're basically all the same. Uh, they just got some yeah. definitions. Speak it another, another way of legalese. Yes. Hmm. Well, for, as far as other states go, from what I understand is if you look through they are trying to make all the codes uniform throughout the states. So you'll have a uniform probate code. And the uniform right. probate code has to be used. If you just use that, you don't have to worry about what state you're in anymore because they're all signatory to it. Mm-hmm. And, it and you see when it's all uniform, it really is It is an issue 
for those that don't know the difference, because it comes from that word uh, unidrot, where all the rules, regulations come from, and the uh, conventions and treaties and rules and laws come from the Madigan. Uniform Probate Act is what they call it. Yeah, which is originated from Rome. So all of this is all Roman law. It has never changed. Is it legal to copyright one's name and trademark? As long as you use it. Think about copyright. This is what a lot of people don't understand about copyright. Because I deal with, uh, in, in my business activities as a... Uh, being somebody who has to do uh, patents and things like that, but as somebody who's come from the uh, creative field, the rule of copyright comes down to as soon as you write a piece, if you're, say you're a songwriter, you put the name of the song and the song, as soon as you've written it on paper, it's copyrighted. What you have to do is mail it to yourself so you have confirmation of the date and a sealed registered mail to yourself, and then you put it in a file with the notation on it so you know it's copyrighted. And you can record the information in the recorder's office at that date, too, if you want. But the neat thing about products, such as patents, okay, like patents on products, because it's sort of very similar to what we're doing, is that if you don't use the patent within three years, you can lose it completely. So you have to show that there's some activity with the patent. Well, it's the same with a copyright and a name. You have a copyright uh, giant dog turd or whatever you want to call it. If you're not using it in a product in a commercial sense, because that's what it's all about, it's about promoting commerce, right? Then, then you have no claim on it. Any more than a gold mine, if I consider that this is what I love to use, this is my, my method. Think about everything as mining, mining uh, law. Mining law says, okay, I can stake a claim out on something, okay? So I stake the claim out, but if I didn't record it, guess what? Somebody can claim jump it, and that's what the and that's what the uh, uh, attorneys do all the time, all the time. But here's the thing about that, too. In mining law, you can stake a claim out, you can record it, but you have to show some improvement or some activity in the mining every year. If you don't show that there's some activity, you can lose the claim. It's the same with copyright. You see how it's sort of all the same stuff. We're just rehashing it in a different, with different terminologies and different schools of thought. But it's the same process. You have to show that you're using it somehow. Well, if you copyright your name, you're using it every day. So it wouldn't be too hard. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, how about the trademark? Trademarking a name. Well, a trademark's the same thing. Like a trademark would be like uh, um, <coughs> Apple computers, okay? There's a trademark. That's, your, that's what the mark of the trade is. Okay, that's copyrighted, trademarked, and... and uh, so it's out there in the public eye all the time. So uh, it's saying it's like it's a logo associated with the copyrighted name. Yes, yes, exactly. So it has a set like the apple, you know, with a bite out of it. And, That's and, you know, the logo that matches. Yeah, that, that matches. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, now, yeah. Is there like a federal form that you would fill out? You know, a federal trademark yes. office, and that you would. Yep. You go to the United States Patent Office. Really easy. Go to United States back and just just look at the trademarks, and it tells you everything you need to know. That's one of the best things we got going on in this land. I can't say it's the country, but the point of it is, it's weird about this. What I don't like about it is, get this. Understand this: if you want to open a corporation in this country, 
you have to follow the guidelines set forth by the city, the state, the county, and the federal government, right? So therefore, if the United States is a corporation and everything is built in accordance with that corporation, then when you patent anything, you got so much time they'll let you use it, and then it goes to the corporation. This is what scares the hell out of me is because it's not yours. That's right. You're renting it. It doesn't belong to anybody. Yeah. Now, now what happens if you don't uh, put that on the market within three years or show that it's been worked on within five years or in, yeah. don't make any changes in ten years, they can take that away from you. Not so much take it away from you. say, well, you're not using it, so it's open season now. And that's what's scary about the patent business is because you have to be able to afford to defend it for one. But more so than that, it's my view that if you have a trust and you have intellectual property that belongs to that trust, you can be your own patent office because it's your property and it's published by you. You're the creator. You're the source. You're God when it comes to that thing, and that's the part that a lot of people don't really grasp. Without us, there would be nothing. And so it becomes intellectual property, and you can like uh, post it as such, patent pending like that. Patent pending basically means it's only five minutes to be patented, but it's not done yet. That's all it means. So that anybody can else can uh, check the date at which it was put in there, and if they see that uh, your patent's up and you never did patent it, then they can go get it. But if you put it in as intellectual property, copyrighted, then it's a different story. It changes the whole paradigm. So then you might want to also patent your name. I didn't hear that. So then you might also want to patent your name along with copyright and trademarking your name? Yeah, well, the trademark kind of a thing, would it be that it has a distinguished look to it? like a certain typeface that isn't right out of the computer. It okay. has to be modified in some way. Otherwise, anybody can use any of those fonts that are out there. And there's okay. some fonts that you can't use for trademarks because the fonts themselves are trademarked, and you can't even use them unless you have the right to use that. And you pay for the, pay for the uh, a privilege of using somebody else's design type, typefaces. The things you have on your computer are open season. They're ancient and old. They've been around for many, 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 many years. So they're considered public domain. So then the whole trademark and pat, patenting, patenting your name is not really necessary at this point. Not really. Okay. Not really. It's like, you know, I know a person, it's really funny, when the first computers first started out in, this, in the 90s, it was starting to get hot and heavy type of thing. I looked for my name, and I found three other people with exactly my name in different places in the United States. So how can I patent that? Well, the rule of, of identity, according to, uh, uh, it's, I think it's in the UCC, or it's a CRF, CFR. It's the, the identity is established by the propensity of evidence that points to the, that points to the identity. So what does that mean? That means that if your name is, George C. Scott, and George C. Scott has this social security number, and it had lived at this address, and it had went to school at this place, and went to this, and went to this, and did this, and this, and this, then that, everything there comprises what 
George C. Scott's identity is. Now, there may be a different George C. Scott with different variations on it with the name, with a different social security number, with a different this, with a different that. So it comes down to your thumbprint, doesn't it? So you associate thumbprint, which is Chinese for chop mark, with your name, and that's who you can be attested to, and that becomes your identity, or at least what they can be referred to to identify they're one and the same. Okay. I got one more question about the power of attorney. Somebody out there said you had to register your POA, your register your power of attorney. What does that mean? Where would you register your... You know, you no, you don't register it. You, uh, in, this is what I did. I don't know yeah, what you're supposed to letter. This is what I learned. Is you have to make out your power of attorney, and uh, there's forms for that, but they're, all the forms are virtually the same, which basically outline all the duties and, and uh, obligations of what the power of attorney is supposed to do. So you have to recognize that. And then you fill out the whole information. But power of attorney is an appointed position. So the question is, who appoints the power of attorney? Really important question. This is Everybody gets this wrong. I'm probably one of the only people I know that got it right from the beginning because I studied it really hard. I want you to go in your Black's Law Dictionary and look up the word principal, P-R-I-N-C-I-P-A-L, not E, not L-E. And that will point you to the direction of who appoints the power of attorney. But the question is, who is the principal? Everybody thinks the principal, I'm the principal. I'm the principal. No, you're not the principal. No, caps, right? The principle, the principle is the source of where it all manifests from. The principle is the title on the book that holds the story that's in the book, which is the estate, because the estate has all the funds. So the power of attorney is appointed by the estate. Now, how does the power? Now, how does the estate do that appointment? Because the, because it's a fiction, right? Correct. How does that happen? Well, you have to like go through the process of writing out the appointment from the point of view of the principal, pointing out who the principal is, and then you have to have a line in there where it's signed by the principal. If you don't put that in there, they'll make you go back and get the principal's signature. But how does the principal sign his name? Nice. And then, then after that, then after that, you have to have your acceptance and consent to be the power of attorney, and that's where you sign the living man because you have a signature. Okay, but the question is, how does the principal sign that document? He doesn't. He prints it. It has to be printed. Uh huh. Okay. So that then you take that document down and you take it down to the recorder's office, and you put it in to the uh, recorder's office, you get a time stamp filed and get a name, and they'll send it back to you in the mail, and you've got to let it cure for about 30 days or so, and there's nobody who's rebutted it, so you're the power of attorney now. So now you have the authority to go through all this process, <coughs> and that's what, that's what separates you too, because guess who the liable party is? Is it the principal or the power of attorney? The principal. 
It's the principal always. Why? He's got the money. The power of attorney <laughs> is the agent. Agent yeah, is not liable. Exactly. The power of attorney is not liable party. So here, get this again, too. In the UCC, I can't remember exactly where, but I've got it written down here. I'll tell you next week. It says in there, the liabilities of the parties are determined by the form unto which they sign. And what does that mean? The form in which they sign means, like, if you say, oh, I'm George C. Scott, comma, P-O-A. Now we know what your relationship is with George C. Scott. The principle, though, it's all cap letters, period. You don't even have to put principle behind it. It's the estate. But if you can put principle, you don't have to because it's already said that it's signed by the principal. That's the key to the whole beginning of starting this thing, is knowing the difference between the principal and the power of attorney. And the next thing you've got to do is you've got to get this will in. And it doesn't have to be dynamically complex. It's like, oh, my God, I've got to think about all the things. No, just you have to list who the beneficiaries, the heirs are, and who's going to be uh, uh, appointed to the executor's office which is you, because only a living man can appoint the executor. So the executor is the only one that can um, can write the will. Well, not the, not the, the grantor actually writes the will. That's where it comes from, right? And so that's, where, that's, how, that's all how it's done. So just make it real simple. Put a few beneficiaries in there and uh, be done with it. And then you go file your will in the probate court. It's simple, and you can always do a codicil. Down, down the way a week, a month, a year, or farther down the line. Every time there's a change to the will, it's called a codicil. And that's how you do it. So this will, this is the will for the straw man, right? What's that? This is the will you're talking about is the will for the straw man or the all caps name, or are you talking about the will? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's the will the, uh, for the all cap name. Okay. So with that being said, when we walk into these this, um, these hearings, it's already known that we're authorized to sign. They need our signature. So they're in dishonor knowing that the principal is the all-caps name, and we're agents. Well, so yeah, agents well, are not held liable. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, you're not, not, you're not yeah. acting as when you're going. When we're going in there now, before we correct our status, and if you're not thinking like how he's telling you to think, like, um, no, I'm not the principal. Who's that? That that guy. Oh, whoa, that's I'm power of attorney for the principal. So just like he's saying, they will dis- distinguish you by the form. By how you form, by how the, you do your form, you present. So, how, how, how do you refer to yourself? Yeah. I by you putting that comma POA, you're letting them know I'm acting in a different form than what you're used to. Yeah. Remember, remember that this is my favorite new thing I'm on to. In in the movie Batman Begins, okay. Yeah. His girl. Ask, his girlfriend asks him when Batman's getting ready to jump off the edge and go do some crazy shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. He says, wait, I, you might die. Tell, at least tell me your name. And he looks at her and he says, it's not my name, but what I do that defines me. So it's not yeah. my health that 
through the power of attorney. It's by what you're acting as. What role are you taking on, and are you performing the duties that they can be recognized that, yeah, he must know what he's doing? Exactly. I thought that was a great line out of the movie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Now that you mention it, that is a nice look of... Yeah, like we, I watch. Yeah, like now, like taking like when I watch the movies now, I go back and I watch them. I take in perspective now what Chandler says about the the laws of war, where everything is war. It's all war. And if you start to think about all the movies you've watched, most, not maybe not all, but the majority of them, there's a war going on. You know, yeah. even in the background. You know what I mean? It's always a war because that's the only way people know how to write stories. There has to be an antagonist. And, and if you remember, and if you remember, remember when Jesus, remember when Jesus was in Jerusalem, Jerusalem was occupied by Rome. Yeah. Well, you remember now, so and then now, so I'm thinking back now, like so when Jesus went before Pontius Pilate. Of course they couldn't find anything wrong with him because he ain't breaking no Roman laws. You know? And, you know, oh, my God. Like, like now you go, like, I want to, I'm actually going to go back and reread the Bible again, that, that G, the, the New Testament, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to re-listen to what happened, you know? Because <laughs> it's like, now that I think about it, there's a lot of stuff that popped up in my head, man, because I, I Oh, man. Well, I'll tell you, here's the, best, here's the best movie, and it tells the whole story for us. And you got to uh, watch every episode of Pirates of the Caribbean because they're telling you exactly what we're living under. And in the last one, which was called, um, uh, it was the one where Calypso was in it. Uh, yeah, and they, had to, and they had to get the, the pieces, the eight, the, eight, the eight pieces of nine or nine pieces of eight or something like that. Yeah, but remember that all the pirates had to get together in the end thing because they were going to create their own association, so to say. But they had to follow the code, right? The pirates' code. And the problem yeah. with the code in the past is no one would ever win control of the of all of the pirates because everybody would always vote for themselves to be the no. leader. Yeah. So, so then what? Then, yeah. Then what happens? Captain Jack Sparrow voted for the girl, and she was the first one to get two votes, so she became the leader of the association. But when yes. she did that... So I remember did, that was... Yo, I'm going back again. <laughs> so what she did when she did that, they were up against they were up against this monstrous... The, 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 they were up against the... Um, they were against, the, they was up against the... What's that triangle trade? The, 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 the English trade company. The, the, the English trade company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The East Indian trade company. East ETC, the ETC. Yeah, yeah now yeah, I remember okay. it had an tri- upside down triangle ETC. So what she did? So what she now said? They, was, they furnished she the really first important. expedition said, to America. She said every, all the pirates were get loose, had to lose face when they saw how huge this giant navy was that they were going to go to battle with, right? Remember that? Yeah. And then she said, yeah. you know what? We're going to win this. You guys have to shape up because we're the people. And it flips the whole picture. and says, yeah, that's the admiralty out there. And when the pirates aren't the pirates, they're the pirates. Mm. That's, that's what the story was they were trying to explain to you. The pirates weren't the pirates. The pirates were actually the people. That armada out there 
is what the whole thing's about, commerce, remember? Yeah, exactly. And you remember, they kept giving everybody those paperwork. Yeah, well, if you do this, I'll give you a pardon, um, granting you this or this. And, hey, yo, that pardon ran around the place, right? Because, <laughs> like... And that that pardon, and if you notice what that pardon was, that pardon was orders that anybody that they came in contact with who wanted to them on, on another, whatever their personal reason was, you had to leave them be. Yep. You know That's what I mean? That's the treaty. That's the treaty. Yeah. Yeah. Common treaty. Common treaty. Common treaty. That was a treaty. They, that was a treaty. They bound, they, they bound the bit. They bound whoever came in contact with. The, the treaty to the bearer. And it's like so now the bearer holds all the powers in the treaty. Treaties right. are not really treaties of war. Treaties are treaties of commerce. It's how nations deal with each other in business during times of war. We're always at war. Yeah, treaty is like a negotia- is like a negotiation on papers. Yeah, remember. Like remember. If, if we're gonna stop the, if we're gonna stop the fighting this is what we. This is what we're all going to have to do. And, and they had to make alliances, remember? And Captain Barbosa says to Jack, Jack Sparrow, he says, do we have a card, Mr. Sparrow? Yeah. Do we have? Yeah, a cord. We, do we have one accord? Yes. Yeah. Yes, Absolutely. yes. So they were all on one accord. So they had to be. It couldn't happen unless they were all on one accord, unless they had accord. It wasn't one accord. It, do we have accord? That means we all, it, there is no we, it's just one. Yes, we're tied together as one. That's yes, like it's, it's no use, the law, is law. Use those words in your documents. It's absolutely important because they tell you exactly what they mean. Yes. Yeah. Wow. you this. Oh, I watched Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> when you yeah, discover yeah, something you. new on their documents, that's the first thing they'll ask you. Where, where did you learn this? Where did you get this information? And then if you watch movies, I, I like to listen to a lot of the dialogue now. Like when they sit down and there's no action going on and everybody like, oh, this is boring. And they're saying some stuff nobody wants to talk about. You're like, what the hell? It gets crazy. All right. Well, anyway, I hope that was uh, helpful there. Yeah. I'm still looking at this birth certificate. It's like, wow. Well, we don't want to be this. We don't want this to be another five-hour call, do we? Yeah, Like you can see that, like I, like I got the, like you see, like how they registered that birth. I got that same form right there. So I was comparing it to how my form was. And I could see the difference in how, like, the the, the word if the word off was in there, it would have been good. The word off, you know, off. Yeah, the word off, because yeah. Yeah. We're, we're putting our surname as in um as a surname when it's not. Right. It's not our name. It's a it's a we're of the house off. You know. You know. Or like that, because we're all, because you remember now, what I like now is they put the occupation in. Right. Now, he the kid a, is like only. Jesus, kid like Jesus, like Jesus, he was a carpenter. Yeah, no, 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 but I'm saying, and the kid for the for the prince, when he was born now, what was his occupation? Prince. The prince. 
that's all is is that creation. So like isn't being a hero occupation? Right. Hero and beneficiary. That's occupation then. He was born a prince. He put that he was born a prince, so no, he has to no, his occupation is he's the prince of the United Kingdom. Yeah, that's look at the line. All right, then. I got it. So, right. that means, uh, so how can he be given a role like that at that age? Unless we are all supposed to be given a role, right? If he was he was prince by here, right? We were we were we were beneficiaries of our estate by heirs too. That's what right? I was telling you. You see, he so named would be like our occupation as a child would be beneficiary, um, authorized representative and or and beneficiary. Because we're the one that's gonna run our estate. Basically basically we're um authorized rep of the the all caps estate. That's the that's our occupation. I just realized it. Our occupation is to be the heir of the all staff estate. You're the, the executor. That's your occupation. You're the yeah. executor. The occupation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Authorized. Yeah. Like executor. That's the same. That's the. It's like. Isn't that the same? Authorized rep. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's the authorized representative. Yeah. So you're the only one authorized. You know, I'm looking for the good. I'm looking for a sweet word for that, though, for like to put for the occupation. You know, because I don't like that prince. You got to compare it to the prince guy. He put prince of the United Kingdom. I need. I need a better like. Why are you uh, saying you're the king? <laughs> I'm the king of that. What about? Well, can you put? Can you put? Can we put power of attorney as an occupation for your child? No, because they're not of the age of majority yet. They can't be. So how can he be a I prince? Be a prince. Of, how can he be a prince if he ain't a, if he ain't even can't even speak? Yeah, I mean, I, it looks like you you're yeah, the guy. Yeah, it's like, like you say, you're the guy. He can't even. They're giving him a title for position at the time he cannot even function in. Right? Because he's not gonna be after he born day one. He's not being. He's not exercising any princely duties other than shitting and eating. And everybody does that, so I can leave myself a prince. I'm going to be shitting and eating in my parents' kingdom, their little castle in their line, right? You have so to rewrite your birth certificate, your birth. Rewrite your birth, like Miss She-Wolf was saying. We well, have to start our own records. Yeah, if we, we use, use, their, use how they royally do it right. and royally and make and give yourself the same status as they have, you yeah. know? They put this on paper and they put it for everyone to see, so it's announced. Exactly. So, the Pope so does it by by coming and giving canonization speech, speeches for the masses. It's worldwide. That's his publication. So he's yeah. putting it out there for anybody to dispute. Who has ever I disputed it? I guarantee he claiming the hell out of that kid. Yeah. And who's disputing it? Nobody. You see? So when we make our claim, who's going to come dispute to say who we are? We're all equal. Exactly. So the same way I could claim my son to be a prince, who's to say the same way he, they did it? Yeah, you can do it. Okay, why you can't be prince of the house of of the house of whatever the last name is? It's That's what he is, prince is. of that house. 
And when he get older, he's gonna be he's gonna put in his power of attorney for his estate, so he can manage it. Cause he's gonna be of 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 age of majority. Right, and your father, your real father, was supposed to hold that title for you until you have come of mature yeah, age to claim it yourself. But, but the way I'm, they I'm rerouted our birth certificates, the state, the county was our parent. Yeah. By assumption and presumption. And under, when you say military rule. I got another question out there if anybody could answer this. Um, if anybody's heard of a guy on the YouTube called Tex Mason. Um, yeah. He's, he's got a video called Rule 220, correcting the fraud on the birth certificates. Anyway, he's showing part of a, a trust indenture in on some of these items he's got on there. One's called Resolution 75. Does anybody know what that is? is anybody yeah, know? Resolution 75 is a more is a document where the government published. If you look it up on uh, online, you'll find it. It's a basically a, 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 a Congress stating about the Moors, the, the natural inhabitants of of the area, who they recognize, who had these El Bay, Ali, and Day at the end of their name for their na- for their nationality. So what they do is they use, you use they use the, it's more than likely they're using that to claim the nationality. Well, how Let's about say the, there was a established government here before George Washington so-called established his own. So yeah, they recognized they recognized a, sub, a second government. Yeah, yeah, and he established it in the in the D.C. area. So, so what you see? So the Moors, you got to understand the Moors back probably back. I don't really, I'm sure, but based on what I hear, like by what I see, like they are they they. They, they probably got suckered like the Indians did, you know, or traded Alaska for for a few silver shiny stuff, where they saw opportunity and they didn't see, they didn't maybe they didn't see the worth that that everybody else saw, you know what I mean? So is there like a peace treaty then too? Because this guy's got a peace treaty in there. Is there yeah. He yeah, exactly. Bar, the bar, so that's where bar that's how that's how that's how the Moors come through when it comes to the public but a lot of them don't really know how to bring it up they they they're, they're still trying to push the constitutional rights and all these rights where we know that yes that's fine in normal circumstances but not in the time of war you know so you have to take it a step further yeah they recognize you it helps you it helps you to get like what she she will says you need to get a that because without a nationality you're nobody you know so you you have to claim back your nationality. So you claim back your nationality, and that makes you a person. That makes you give you the even more standing, you know. And so it and then you use it as a as a tool, you know what I mean? Like how they use like how they use their nationality as a tool. They use it so they don't have to go through the stuff we go through, you know. So now we have to learn the process that they're using. And use it for for the benefits of our loved ones and family. You know what I mean? Because as you can see, everybody, all of them, they take care of their family. You you can see everybody's a prince, princess. You know, so everybody's being taken care. Of. So you can you imagine their what did their birth certificates say, and what did their parents' birth certificates say, and what about their parents' parents' birth certificate? You know. 
What did you know? It 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 can go. That as a matter of fact, that's what I want to see. Well, what I, yeah. I've been looking at the government uh, style handbook, and uh, it recognizes that all the fifty states, like I'm in Minnesota, so they recognize Minnesotans as a nationality under the government style handbook. So with yeah, that, Indians, yeah. So then I guess then my nationality would be Minnesotan, and I would have to somehow create my own peace treaty. That'd be correct. I've heard of that. I mean, I'm not, sense, not sure there's how. Always, uh, yeah. I think. Yeah, I, I heard yeah. on a peace treaty you have to send it to the to the Pope and get a like what they call a um, a rescript for them to recognize your treaty. And they would actually answer these letters. <laughs> no. How about this Declaration of Rights of Indigenous Peoples? Is that uh, is that separate from uh, the Declaration of Rights of Independence? Or I mean, that is that an actual declaration that's out there that Congress recognizes? The Declaration of Rights of Indigenous Peoples. Did I say that right? I think that comes from the United Nations uh, documents. Okay. Yeah, it's like you got your Declaration of uh, the Right to Self Determination too. It should be part of your own personal, uh, um, uh, your own personal constitution. Guaranteeing yourself that you know it's like doing the um, um, what was uh, you were saying earlier, uh, emancipation. Okay, so that's looking for your own freedom. And the other one's giving you, showing you the rights, how the world has been recognized that we that we will recognize that we have these rights. And of course, the hard part is having the uh, fortitude to enforce them. Okay, so well, the whole peace treaty and declaration of emancipation and declaration of rights look like these would be the hardest documents to actually create. Well, you know, part of what you can do is you can take the Declaration of Independence right there, print the thing out, and sign the damn thing. How many people have ever signed the Declaration of Independence? I have. Yeah, you know, I've heard about that. If, if you, like, what, sign the Declaration of Independence and, what, record it in your local county recorder or something? It's part of your will. Okay. All right. I like it. Like yeah, it's part of your will. And the thing is that you might not like everything that's in there anymore. You may want to change some of that, so be careful what you what you accommodate. Because <laughs> there's some of things that I don't like what they say, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. But the thing is, you're going to accommodate the parts out of the accept and you're going to reject the other parts. You have the inalienable right to contract. You're Surrey Juris, right? You don't like the parts, cross that part out. You'd like other parts, write those parts in. And then, of course, have three witnesses. Now, do you have to have these documents then notarized? When, once you sign them, would you have to have a notary sign it, and then would you have to have it authenticated? 
Um, well, notary, see, the notary's job, you've got to remember, the notary is actually an extension of the Secretary of State. So what's the Secretary of State in charge of? Commerce, right? So the rest of it, you can have just three signatures and you can have of, of witnesses and have the notary recognize the witnessing by the witnesses, you see. So she's guaranteeing the signatures of the witnesses, and if you write the witnesses' statements, which is their affidavit, it says, I've, I've seen what he's written here, and I saw him sign it at this particular time, and this is what he says that he agrees to, and I hereby recognize that, okay? So that's part of their affidavit. And you have a notary recognize each one of their affidavits, which becomes part of the document. And your part of the document is a jurad, right? You're not just signing your name to it. You're swearing to this is what I, what is my will because I'm right. Kings, they want it to be done, right? You're breaking up. Breaking up. Yeah. So what I was saying is that the king is the one who wills things to be done, and he wishes they be done. He doesn't ask. He's the king. So make your statement. This will be done. This will be done. This will be done. Breaking up again. You're breaking up. Yeah. I can't help that. Anyway. Yeah, it's just think about this will. The will is a really important part, but you can put some some preliminary things in, like I say, just to get the will in there, because once the will is in there and the appointment of the executor is made and you have to do a rescission and a revocation of any and all previous powers of attorneys ever implied or thought of or, or, or made by mistake, and you have to give notice to the agencies. This is an important part that everybody forgets. The IRS... Franchise Tax Board, Board of Equalization, the county assessor. They have to know there's a new sheriff in town, and you have to give them notice. And one of the things you should write down is write this down and go look at, read the whole thing. It's 5 U.S.C. 552A. That particular thing says that they have a fiduciary duty to see that the record is consistent across the computer matching system. That means if the sheriff didn't get notified, when you notified the others, which you have to send it to the Secretary of State and I think the Attorney General, their job is to see that it, the record is corrected across the computer matching system. And another little item is if you do a FOIA request, you can find the FOIA form and it says in there, I want to see what the record says because I think there's some mistakes in it. And you can correct the record in the FOIA, the Freedom of Information Act. So that's another aspect of one of the areas where you can set the foundation for your change of status. Because obviously the records are wrong, right? They all think you're slaves. Yeah, we can see that they're wrong because we we see how the how the prince did it right. Yeah, yeah. We put, and we, we put that in the affidavit form. Send it to him. Notification is an incredibly important part, and it's easy to forget that. But as soon as you establish your 
power of attorney and yeah, uh, yeah, Peter, yeah, you're breaking up bad. Uh, what I would suggest to do with the IRS too is make sure that you do your revocation of election. Revocation of election. You were elected to pay taxes before by mistake. So get back. <laughs> Just take it back. You don't have to pay taxes. You elected to do so. And you did that when you filled out your first 1040 form. So undo it. There's a great uh, website on Sam Guardian, I think it's called, on revocation election. It's a real short one. Actually, I just downloaded it, and you know what I could do is I can't post it on this, I guess. Oh, yeah, I can show you you the link because I did put it down for for other people here. I'll give you the links in the chat here. Let me pull that up. Um, Where in the hell did I put that? Right here on my desktop. Hold on. So speaking of trust, uh, is a living trust um, the same thing as a pure equity trust? Or no. Or want the pure equity trust? Stick with the pure no. equity trust? No, it's not. The, the, the interview living trust is about primarily one thing. That's establishing your status that I'm alive and well and that... As a grantor, I appoint the executor to oversee the uh, the estates, and uh, that's primarily what it is in a nutshell. And so, uh, where did I put that document? What did I put it on? So the living trust is above the pure equity trust. Yeah, it's it's, it's almost it's almost foundational. It's foundational because until you uh, make claim that you're alive and well. Um, you're dead. <laughs> Simple as that. And only a living man can appoint, uh, and only the grantor can appoint the, uh, which is the living man. Or, hold on, let me, let me refresh this. Make the will. The only way the principal can appoint the beneficiary. Yeah, all these trusts get a little confusing. There's so many different types, and it just got to get this cleared up. Just remember this about trust, okay? What does trust mean? And I did this last week, I think I mentioned. I'm not going to read it verbatim tonight, but I'll just, in short, it means that when I tell you I am who I am, pledge. I have the authority to tell you who I am. I expect the same thing from you, that you would say who you are is who you are, and that, I get, and that you have the authority to tell me that, and you have... So it's, it's a mutual relationship. So it's kind of like, you know when they say, well, you've got to bring the titles together, and then you can, then you can um, um, dissolve the trust. Well, you're not really dissolving the trust. What you're doing is saying... I don't need a trust anymore relationship. I got it handled myself. Thank you very much. In other words, you're not in league with somebody else, with another institution. Once you bring the titles together, you're basically doing a liquidation of the differentiation that there's two different things there, and you're bringing the head back on the body. Now I have one body. 
What are we talking about? Here? Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. So you would do a power attorney attached to the all caps birth certificate along with the certificate of live birth? You do it however you do it how you want to do it. This is this is this is this is everyone says it's a process it's a journey is your journey on on on, on you know you you create you you create you you a co-creator so we have to we have to start thinking like that we have to do it how we want to do it. Quit asking, can I do this or can I do that? You can do whatever you want to do. Okay, here I'm going to give you these two links. These are great links. Okay, and they're for they're regarding the uh, um, revocation of election. I'll just put them in the uh, chat there. Are you going to post them on legal deception? You going to post them on legal deception? I'm just putting it in Facebook. You're gonna post post them on the legal deception. Uh, yeah, on the legal deception on on our uh, talk shoe right here. Oh no, I can't get it on the talk shoe. Yeah. Can you put it on Facebook? I don't go to Facebook. That's the CIA uh, algorithm. Sorry. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Put it, yeah, yeah. Put the link on there, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, because yeah, it comes up right there. Uh, yeah, you. The two links are great. And one of them actually has the document on there for the revocation. You just have to look, and you'll find it. Okay. Yeah, I think one says that I do that right. Huh. Yeah, that's which one's the relocation election. The actual document is, and you read it very clearly because you have to know this stuff. You just can't say, "Oh, I'm going to put something out there and now I'm done." No, you got to know what the hell you're talking about because you will get tested. You will get tested sometime sooner or later. Right. right? If you if you think you're just going to put in some paperwork and you're never going to be seriously, you're in for a rude awakening. Right. Yeah, it's like it's like the Bible says you gotta have these on the tablet of your hearts. I mean you have to know them like how I gotta be telling a lot of people you gotta know them like how you know all those little hit songs playing on the radio, you know. No one gotta tell you the words to those songs, you know them, right? Listen to them a hundred times a day. This is your new hit song right here. You gotta know them, it gotta be a part of you, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, matter of fact, let me let me read this to you. It comes out of James chapter one, verses twelve. It says Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. You know, that's my boy. That's my boy. I'm glad you mentioned that. I appreciate that. Isn't that very encouraging? Yes. And uh, James, 
And there's another verse where he says, you study to show yourself approved. Yeah, that's uh, uh, that's in, uh, uh, I think it's 2 Corinthians chapter, thir- chapter 3, verse 16. Because yeah. I, had, I had a partner of mine, and, and his, one of his guys, he read that to the judge, and the judge couldn't do nothing but shit, just let him go. But when you when you stand on that when you stand on that public law ninety seven dash two eighty that public law is really private law. But when you stand on that script, there, there's nothing that 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 judge can order or anything. Because we have to remember that that that, that the Constitution is framed by the Bible. So I yeah. mean that's that's really our true remedy, and it's it's really about a principle. It's not nothing to do with religion. So. First Corinthians thirteen. One thirteen. I said I think it's the second Corinthians or first Corinthians chapter three verse sixteen. Oh, three sixteen. And that's uh, uh that's when he when when they talk about the script and how you know how profound it is and you know like like uh like Boris has said, he said he said after after you after you violate the first commandment, I mean really nothing else matters. Yeah, because you you wouldn't chase another false god. Anytime you stop and go to court, you you make that judge God. You stop your whole complete day to go serve another man, and you call him judge and let him judge you. So yeah, yeah. That is becoming your. And I said before, he is God. He is a government or his department, but majority of people don't see him like that. They see him as like, oh, I gotta go. They never say that you have to physically appear. They say you have to appear, so specially appear. Say say that again. You got to specially appear. You don't generally appear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Special appearance. And and even if you're gonna go in there, you specially appear. Yeah. You know, but like my 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 opinion on just going in there is you you granting them jurisdiction. Because, yeah, yeah. Because because why? Because they are they're patting you down, making you walk through machines. You see what I'm saying? They're going to a fourth quarter. Think about what happened, okay? You got you got you got you got arrested in the city, right? The city police hold you in their holding tank. Then they take you over to the county, okay? The back of the land. So we went from Admiralty to the land. So you're sitting in the land, the county land, in, in the court. You, you, you're sitting, you're sitting in the, in the county jail. Okay, so now they let you know days go past, and then you finally going to see a judge. You go see this judge. You're in a foreign court. Like you're like, how, how did how did the city, how did it, how did it trickle all the way down to the state? And then they say when they book you, and they do an accounting of the booking. And they turn around and okay, uh, how much money do you have? Okay, uh, you gonna pay for your attorney? You want ours? Okay, you want ours? Great. And it's back to business. And once again, that goes back to having that power of attorney in place, so you can tell them, hey, I'm, I got this one. I'm, you know, uh, go look at the county record. It's on the county record. I'm the I'm the attorney in fact. I'm a living soul authorized agent to defend other business. I'm the office of principal person. Yeah. Oh, I mean, and that's what that's what you know. 
I enjoyed this call because there's a lot of there's a lot of real good information amongst the people. But I will I will share this with you that that probate that probate court it's, it's a whole other league. Like I said, it was one of the guys on there. He he mentioned that uniform probate code, that, and that's that's that he's right on time with that. And there's a, a book called the Uniform Probate Code in a nutshell that I suggest that people uh, look at because there's many different ways to deal with probate. It all depends upon what that individual wants to do. So, you know, you got to figure out what it is you want to do. Okay, yeah, I got my name changed. Okay, yeah, I did my DBA. Okay, then what's next? What's your plan? Because then after that, it's, it's really what you want to do. Because you you took care of your name and everything, and everything you got is, you know, everything is laid out and everything is, you know, perfect. Now what? So that's the... Like my, like my man was saying, the much is given, much is required, you know? Yeah, that's when your real purpose come out. Now, now that you, now you can't say money is an issue to you or finances. What are you gonna do with all this time you got to do? You know, you have to manage this affair. You have to manage the affair of the estate. We know that, but you're still gonna have a lot of free time. So what now? You're, that's like I said. Now you have two purpose after time. What are you what you gonna do with this power you have? Okay, so 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 let me so so let me show you in another in another instance. It says this is this comes out of Romans six verse twenty three. It says, "Listen to it carefully, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord." Do you hear me, man? He didn't say he didn't. He said, "Follow me," right? And follow what I do. You're on the cross. You got the you got the arms. The arms is pinned up to the cross. Your legs are your legs are pinned up to the cross. You can't move. So all you're thinking about is, man, I'm going to go die. And that's where the decision comes in play. And that's why you see in every graveyard you see a cross on every tombstone with with the star man on it. And so when we go and claim life and, and we're back and we're here to we're, we're here to get our proprietary interest in uh and and and, and do it in a peaceful in honor and peace, then you got everything coming to you. Because everyone's looking for all the answers. And the answers are within you. There's nothing outside of you. You came in you came into this world by yourself, right? Yeah, like Jesus said, give unto Caesar what is due unto Caesar. And he's going to give you what you're supposed to get. <laughs> but see, he didn't even, he wasn't even dealing with Caesar. He was like, whatever you want to give him, give him. He's like on prepaid. Let me tell you now, let me, let me tell you, let me tell you this. In, in, chapter, in chapter 10 and verse 30 of John, chapter 10, verse 30. That's your anchor me right What do you say you was breaking up? I said, chapter chapter ten, verse thirty. 
Now, chapter 10, verse 30 of John, the book of John. Okay. And and when they and now check this out now when when they when they pierce them in the side they pierce them they pierce them in the what in the rib right they pierce them in the rib on the on the cross or on the or, or, or on the tree right that rib represents Adam you see what I'm saying everybody's connected in that book yeah it's a family tree. But when he hit him in the side, he said, it is finished. So we, just by getting that stuck in the side and the rib, when he said, it is finished, that means debts were all paid. Everyone's debt was paid. Everybody. You start putting that 1030 on, on your A for V's and, and, and see what goes on. Because this this is this is all, like I said, our our. Our remedy is writing that book. Basic instructions before leaving your estate. Anyone there? Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's that's it. it. It's all within you. And so you start looking, if you start looking at, at the Bible and look at it and commercially, and all this thing that we're talking about is universally. It's coming in play. Like, I don't know if you've seen that movie. Um, Have you seen that movie, The Hateful Eight? The who? The Hateful Eight. The Hateful Eight with Samuel L. Jackson. No, that came out on that came out on Christmas, okay. And they showed so many, they showed so much uh, commerce in that movie. It was, it was man, you got to watch that because it's talking about the birth certificate and emancipation and everything. What's the name of that movie again? It's called The Hateful Eight. Every time you say it, your phone break up. Oh, the hateful eight. Okay, okay, the hateful eight. You gotta watch that because it's it's, it's showing you what 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 has been what has went on and it's during uh it's during the um the Civil War. And it's got a uh, you know it's got a, a lot of history in there with with Abraham Lincoln in that movie, so it's it's real good. When it was passing through a little town to like rob somebody or, or free the brother or sister, or something like that. the sister, right? Yeah, you gotta uh, like I said, you just gotta watch it. And in the beginning of the yeah. beginning of the mo- in the beginning of the movie, they're, they're trying to they're, they're trying to show us because this movie opened up on Christmas, okay? So like the first five minutes of the movie, they're just showing you the they're just showing you Jesus on the cross and not saying anything for the first five. About five, five, seven minutes of the movie. They just not saying anything and, and got it on the cross. So they're showing you these different signs in this movie, but the hateful late was just man. They uh they put they they let people know about you know like the authentication, the BC, all that in the hateful late. Hmm. 
a lot of a lot of science these movies like these X Men Apocalypse and all this that's coming out. Be showing because Hollywood have to show you what's going on. That's the indemnity clause in these movies. They have to let you know what's going on. And you either you either see it or or you, or you get entertained. There's only two ways of everything. Either the right turn or it's off. You guys are still in here. Yeah, she will. Welcome back. Hmm. Welcome back. I am so sick, you guys. <laughs> Is Southern still here? You dropped off. He dropped off. Yeah, I probably gave him some medication. I wasn't supposed to do the show today because I told him I was sick for two days. And um, he called me this morning to say he had done this. Um, I, he, I think he got the same thing I got because what I captured was something from my granddaughter. She had a really bad virus. And I told him I couldn't talk hardly, and I had um, not been feeling so well. He called me this morning saying he had the same symptoms, but they had to hospitalize him. Do you think maybe you're being targeted? I could be because um, whatever happens to me, it happens like every two weeks. Have you uh do do you take that uh that uh from that Bragg's apple cider vinegar? I mean I take everything. I take lots of vitamins. Okay. I um take everything you can name in a book. Lemon water. <laughs> but, what are your what are your symptoms, Sheila? So we'll like know, you know. Well, yesterday I got up with this headache, and it wouldn't go away, so I had to lay down. Then when I got up, you know, like your glands in your neck? The glands in my neck were swollen. I could barely talk, but I just kept coughing every time I tried to talk. So it would last for like a week, and then it would go away. Um, I'm not the only one now. My daughter got it, too. She had to go to the hospital. Wow. And you know what I was thinking? I didn't say anything about it, but I thought it was because they were putting that stuff in the air. Correct. Yeah. You know, like, when they're dumping stuff from the air? Mm-hmm. They're doing a lot of that. They're doing huh? a lot of that in Florida, in Dade County. But you know, one time I was outside, and I had on this black sweater, and I saw spot, spider webs falling from the sky, and I saw the plane was doing that, right? Went inside this building, because I said, this looks like a bunch of spider webs landing on it. Thank <laughs> you. 
we're just trying to stay healthy enough to keep everyone going. I'm going to have to start walking around with a mask like the Chinese do. Maybe they knew something we didn't. Well, you notice in those countries like um, Nepal and China, they wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Hey, maybe they know something we don't. I think so. I mean, they know that they're being exposed by um, something. They're just as trustworthy as we are. I wouldn't use a mask. I get a respirator. A respirator? <laughs> I'm um, in. I'm in Iowa. I feel it. I know. I've got friends that are in uh, California. He's sick. I've got a friend in Arizona. Mm-hmm. I've got a friend in Detroit. She's sick. It's. It's all of us. Yeah. And plus, I was hearing something. My daughter was telling me something. She said, hey, Mom, you know, like the holistic doctors? She was saying that in the TV, they're taking account about all these holistic doctors dying. They're taking what? They're taking count and notice that all these holistic doctors are dying. You know, like homeopathic doctors? Like they're killing them. Yep. Yeah, like a mysterious death. Well, Florida's taking notice of it because three doctors died in the same area. Wow. It's not a day that goes by here in day that you're not flying something in the air. And the reason I ask you your symptoms because, I mean, I've been sick the last two weeks, and my mom was sick before me. Yeah, like you say, it's all over. But that's... My granddaughter got sick, and um, I attended to her last week. It was, it was I was lucky with spring break. <laughs> but on Monday morning, <laughs> I was very sick, and um, I said, you know, I got the same symptoms. I was telling my granddaughter, I have the same symptoms you have. <laughs> but um, I told Sodden this morning. You know, I really don't think I can do the show because I'm so sick, you know. I have this bad cough. And um, I have a bad headache. And he said, "Um, Josie, I'm in the hospital. Wow. And I told him, listen, no matter what happens to him, I tell him, you know, I love you. You're my best friend. He's older than I am. (laughs) You know, and I tell him, sometimes I feel like we're on a mission, but someone's trying to stop us. You know, like they don't want no one to know how far we're getting. But, um, 
I don't know how many people are left down here, but don't give up your battle. If we give up this battle, it's not even a battle physical, it's a spiritual battle. They're just using all kinds of physical components against us, you know, like poison and stuff. When they come out, they've admitted that they poisoned toothpaste and poisoned the food and poisoned toys. And, you know, there's really nothing left for your children to even play with. Everything has poison, right? Down to your clothes. And for all you men out there, just hang on because everybody else is brainwashed. I'm not saying our women are brainwashed, but in the court, you're in court, they attack the man first. I know their whole gameplay. Um, trust me. <laughs> they attacked that young couple, and I don't even know what happened by the time you guys' story. I probably had it passed out. I was still with a headache. But they took this family. And they told them that they weren't even going to move into their home after they had their baby, that they had to go find somewhere else to live because they were drug addicts. I was like, are you kidding me? Did they tell you that? Did you do what they said? So they did. They said they were afraid that um, the DCF would come and take the baby. So they moved out and stuff. First, they told them it was only going to be for six weeks. But they would be offering them services for six weeks, right? And then we'll go away. Well, they began reading some papers that the lady brought in for the service. You know what it said? This service may last up to six weeks or six months or up to one year. Indefinitely. I told her, I told you there was no such thing as six weeks. Six weeks is just an opening statement. You could sign their contract. <laughs> I told her, my friend, I bet you any money you're going to see something real ugly in one of those contracts. And she did. She said, I saw it. It said six weeks, six months, or up to one year. I said, after one year, the state gains leverage, and all they have to do in one of their hearings is say, we give up on this family. They're not going to comply or cooperate, and they don't meet up to the standards of being custodial parents. We shall now move to termination of parental rights. And I told her, you got to stop them right now. She could have rescinded the contract, right? Yeah, I, I ordered them to rescind the contract. And guess what? I was talking to my friend when the lady called her. And she clicked her into the call three-way. And my friend says, um, I wanted to ask you, how is it that you were able to provide these services, you know, and she says, well, uh, your daughter and your son-in-law 
signed the paper allowing me to do the services. And I said, well, did those services include you making them move out from their home, a home they had prepared for a newborn baby? You told them to go to a strange home after that. The baby's now going to be moved from the home where it could have been a safe environment, prepared for a newborn's arrival. You just told them to pick up all their belongings and move into a stranger's home. A shelter. Yeah, like a shelter-like situation in a home that's not prepared for a newborn baby's arrival. And um, you said that their baby's going to go there now. I said, how safe is that? If you made claim that the baby had a medical necessity. So the lady stays quiet and she says, well, you know, they signed for the services. And I said, and we've ordered them to rescind your service contract. Because what you just did is put the child in danger. And um, you you caused them to have to leave their home. You just caused a disruption in the family unit. Amongst that, you caused a financial burden on them. And she said, well, I want to know who you are. And I told her, I'm an ADA forensics advocate. I work with people who are disabled, and they need forensics advocacy. You know, so I faxed Piper, uh, my my partner, and I faxed her the license, and I said, if they have any questions, here's my license. And I told her, by the way, um, who gave, who gave you that information about them using narcotics and stuff? So well, that was an allegation that was called into us. I said, but you didn't prove it. Do you have the actual medical facts showing that these parents were on drugs and that the baby had drugs in its system and that it had a heart murmur? And she was saying, well, yeah, the parents signed a release. And, they had, and I said, no, you, you received that information before you came to see the parents. Before you got in there, did the hospital share vital information with you, which is against HIPAA, so they're not supposed to share anything with any other agency and ask her, do you have a special contract with the hospital to receive confidential information? He says, no, ma'am. I said, all right, we're going to give you a rescinding of the contract. Well, I got to talk to my supervisor first. I said, regardless, ma'am, you've already made several violations. Number one, you sent a worker over to that young lady's house and had her falsify your name on some paperwork when you were never there, number one. And number two, you don't have a contract with the hospital, so, you know, the hospital has a lot of questions they're going to have to answer as to the type of information you obtained through her records without you even having consent or permission to have those type of records, if there is any records. So I told her, tonight, those children, they're going home based on my recommendation. And what you're going to get is a rescission of this contract that you established with them because you have no authority until you prove them how you received authority over a baby that was just born and over these two parents. But as far as I'm concerned, she was medicated and she had a C-section. And she was incoherent. And medically not able to speak to you, and that's why she had power of attorney. You're in violation of power of attorney. Okay, so. Hmm? Right. 
Oh, is that? Correct. Well, you know, that went over like, um... That's what? Mm, I can't hear you. Oh, that sounds like uh, seven. No? No, nah, it sounds like John Wayne. <laughs> <coughs> wow, whatever, whatever happened, that lady went into shock. Wow. Because, see, she doesn't know who I am, you know. I major in public administration, and I major in health care administration. And what you did there was an ABC of fraud against that family. You don't send people to their house and have another person impersonate you and do all your paperwork for you. I don't know where you were, but right there alone is an alarm bell to ring to say that. I don't know who that worker was that was at the house, but she gave me the name. Because I told her, we're watching you. And we're going to report you. So if you keep up with any more of this nonsense that you think you're going to get away with, you're not. Because one of us is a nurse, full-time RN, and I'm still a registered federal agent. And I'm going to report you. And once I write this report, you and your agency could go down. I tell her, usually... Workers prey on people just about whom they just give birth. And you just did exactly what would be expected of you when someone is given birth. And I I told her, we pulled all the medical records. There's 200 pages there. And we better find something in there that shows that you were racked up a trace of marijuana in some you know, one system. Otherwise, the hospital is going to be just as much as trouble as you are. <laughs> And they're already scared at the hospital, so I know they were lying. <laughs> Talking about they can't cover all the medical records because it's over 200 pages, right? Stop. I'm thinking, yeah, it's Stop. over 200 pages, and I bet there's no marijuana information on there either. But, um, what I wanted to tell you guys before I go to bed. I'm sorry I lost you guys for a while, and I'm glad those of you who took over the show. When you do your name change, you're not only doing a name change. You got to make sure of these things, okay? One thing that was missing when your mom named you was you didn't have a nationality, Okay. Um, that's really important. All we have on there are things like zip codes and who, it just says mom and dad's name, and it's capitulated, so that doesn't really have any meaning. It just continues you being awarded the state. You need to tell them, uh, you change your name. I wouldn't use the last name. I don't see why these other people aren't using a last name, but they do have a last name. I think it's supposed to be sacred. And um, that's how they control you. 
and you need to write down as part of your last name where you came from. You guys get it? Yeah. Like, if you're going to write John Doe, you need to write John Doe of, um, I don't know, whatever city you were born in. Well, right, John Doe, your mother and father's last name. Your father's last name comes first. And you're going to use both last names. And city of your birth. But I noticed in there, though, that um, I'm going to look one thing up. I know he said his name was Philip Arthur or Arthur Philip. I need to see if Philip is his last name, okay? So um, we to, to correspond with one of the numbers on that on that birth. Hmm? Are you seeing if Philip is his last name to match up one of the indications on the birth application for the prince, right? Yeah, the prince has his name down, but I'm not sure it's, if that's his real last name. I'm going to go pull up his birth certificate. When we uh, change our name, are we still going to be in control of our present all-caps birth certificate estate? Now, this is why you're changing your name. When you change your name, your judge is going to give you a decree, right? Okay. You have to do a birth name change announcement in the newspaper. Okay. Right, and you leave an address and stuff. If anyone has any dispute about the name that's been selected, you know, to contact you, right? And no one contacts you. You let the notary know no one's ever contacted you so she can notarize a document or something showing that no one ever contacted you by the, about the name, number one. Number two, you are going to add something to your name change, Okay. Like, you know, most people, they just change their name. The judge is going to say, okay, that's your name now, right? You got to, you got to, um, I already told you guys had to um, convey it. You got to do a deed of conveyance to yourself. Okay? Because nobody claimed you. So this advertising that you're going to do is claiming it, and you do a deed of conveyance to yourself. That means you own it. But you're looking for something else when you do the name change and you're trying to put a status. Like they put you born in the United States Trust in in you know, jurisdiction of and subject to because you're when they wrote you in, you're abandoned, the trust took you. So you're a piece of property. And what you're doing now is you're saying, Here I'm back and I'm alive. I am so and so of this city, right? Now, I'm wondering, oh, and you know what you should add to? You're going to add that to your name, okay, the city of your birth to your name. And in the application to, to choose your name, it asks you a nationality, right? In the application, it says nationality. That means you're going to choose your nationality now. And you put in American.
went to proper nationality be the state that I was born in? I mean, under like I was telling guys before, under the government style manual, every one of the several states is a nationality. I'm a Minnesotan. They recognize that as a nationality. Okay. If it tells you that under the government manual, right, then do it. Okay. But the other question is, is with this name change, if I'm going to do a name change, ain't that going to screw up um, all the other stuff that I've got to have in place, like the copyright, the the will, and uh, and what? Oh, and the the assumed name, which is the first thing I'm going to do is, you know. Uh, well, listen. Yeah. If you haven't done the assumed name, right? The reason why I told people to do the assumed name first, right? because they have court cases coming up. But if you don't have a court case coming up, right, then don't do it. That was for people who have court cases coming up so they don't get lambasted by the court hmm. or arrested. Don't, don't, do, don't do it at all or, or just don't do it? Or no, don't no, do no. It. Don't, do, don't it do it until you do your name change. Okay, that if makes sense. You, wait a minute. If you don't have a court date coming up. Correct. Okay? That's what I was saying the last time. If you guys have a court date coming up, then by all means, do the name change because you can rescind it later. Okay? You can rescind what you've done. Why do you do the name change? Because that is the first decree that the judge is going to put in your hand. And it's going to be sealed by him. Changing your name, he's going to put he's going to put on there amended the birth certificate, right? But I want you to add something to it. See, there's a place, and if yours doesn't have it, I know in the one in Texas they have it. At least write in. Remember what I posted to you guys the other day about what um, Lincoln said that we were all truly free. If not, I'll write it again, okay? I'm making my papers. I just downloaded them today from the law library that they gave them to me. I'm going to put certain things in there. I don't want my name changed only. I'm telling the judge I want an emancipation. I want to be declared a free woman. And I'm writing down what Abraham Lincoln says, that we were born truly free. And with that being the case, he said we will become enemies of the state. So we know that each state has captured us, right? And if you can pull up the government style manual section where you tell me that they want you to carry that native name of the state, right? Somebody just said that? Yeah, Pull I, that up and private message that to me because I need to compare that to say, are we supposed to be um, American? You notice how they leave out America, the country? Yeah, I didn't see that. I just, I just seen that. Everybody. They don't call us Americans. Do you notice that? We're not called Americans? 
All right. Under the manual, I'm a Minnesotan. Yeah, and under the manual, I'm an Indianan. And there's Texians, Floridians, right? Right. Um, we can choose that, right? Um, but I'm looking for it right now. You know, ours is so confusing because you have to put where you come from, and then you can choose your nationality as an Indianan, right? I believe it's page 332 of the manual. 332? Hold on, let me write that. I'm going to write it right now. You get it, because tomorrow I'll be looking that up, because I'm already writing my case. Yes, Okay. And yeah. then... Names of nationalities. Huh? It says names of nationalities. They call them demonyms. Demonyms. Mm-hmm. And uh, going down, there's all kinds of them. I'll research that and I'll look up every definition and um, somebody had told me that too from the Pentagon. They were saying, yeah, you want to become a states person because when you become a states person, uh, you're no longer taxable because you belong to that nation. Even though the 50 nations are in union, but you get all the privileges of all 50 states when you become a member of the state. And that's where they, they didn't do. They, they We're not members of the state. We're members of the trust right now. Wow, I, it's like I can't find it right now. I'm seeing all the other countries. Mm-hmm. But you saw it's like 332? Yeah, well, I was just looking at the front right in the contents, but... um. It's where it starts is at 3.32. Okay. And let's try to step up our game. I don't know. I was hearing some bad news. Like, I heard the United States is selling depths and all kinds of stuff. They're what? They're selling what? Selling depth instruments. Remember what we hold in our hand, that warehouse received? That's a depth instrument. That's a certificate of a depth. So we have to rush to change our status. And I know it's costly. But we have to do it. I might have been wrong about this. I I can't find where it says Floridians and Minnesotans, but I I know I saw I seen it in this manual somewhere. I just I should have marked. 
That's okay. I'll go into the index later. I'll be looking for that tomorrow because I'm getting ready. Like I said, I downloaded the the real application. I downloaded it from Texas Help Law. I called the library, and she said, here's the real forms. Look them over. And she told me there's a place where you can add some notes, right? And I told her I had 40 pages of notes with my intentions on it, but I'm going to add a couple more things about what I really want to do. You know, I told her it's not just about a name change. I told her I want an emancipation decree. With that name change, I want my standing back as woman on the land, and I will be titled as being on the land. But the first thing I'm going to put is what Abraham Lincoln said, which was that we were truly free. And because he made us truly free, that the states will make us enemies. But they are not to stop us, it said, and the Navy and the Army and the Commanding-in-Chief shall not stop the people from achieving their true freedom, meaning that he knew they were going to take us as hostages. But they were in no way, shape, or form to stop us. But yet they did. Right, but see, that's because we're allowing them and we didn't know, like, we don't really know we were hostage until now. And so, because we know, it's called, um, when you do your name change, you're going to say, you know, like, we did this in good breach of the trust because we were ignorant of the law. We had no idea. And they can't say that that doesn't apply because this was done to us when we were babies. We had no idea this was happening. We couldn't stop this. Fraud voids everything. Right. You know, like, our intentions will void everything. Our deeds will void everything. If you show that you've made the intent and a determination to do what we're about to do, that is what voids everything, and it'll whitewash your name. You know, and that's... You know, where I found this, you know where I think I found the state nationalities in is the IRS manual 6209. I was just looking at that the other night. I went through that whole manual. I believe IRS 6209 maybe? Okay, I'm going to write that down too and I'll look. Because you know what I found in Section 5? I posted it the other day on the wall, but I didn't see anyone click like on it. Hold on, 6209 IRS. 66609? 6, 6, no, 6209. 6209. Correct. Okay. Um, I pulled up a Chapter 5 in the IRS manual, and it talked about what Trial is doing. You know how she's going before the courts to get all her money back? It's actually, I typed in something about reassignment of title, you know, the name. And I pulled up Section 5 of the IRS manual, and I told her, Trial, you need to read this. And she said, what is it? I said, it's the entire process of what you're doing right now in that courtroom. 
it says you got to get an indemnity bond for this trial. Um, it tells you what the value might have to be, you know, what you're asking for in case you win, that, you know, they got to have the indemnity bond. And she was reading it, and she said, you're right. I said, yeah. The IRS even knew that you might come back and ask for all your money back. And they wrote up this whole section in case you did. This is how it has to happen in this court. I'll repost it tomorrow. I posted it once, but I think everyone ignored it because, you know, nobody likes reading IRS things. But it's right there, and that will help you and download it so you guys can have an idea of what you're going to go through because there is a second trial. The second trial is when you're going to ask for them to give you back all the rent, um, dividends and proceeds and all the extra earnings that they charged you throughout your entire life. Remember that article we read to you? Yeah, I had posted it the other day on Facebook. Okay. It was called um, Section 5 of the IRS. Section 5. But I'll put it again tomorrow. Okay. (laughs) And I'll tell you, this may be used in your, um, I'm not going to say what kind of a case. I'll just say this is to be used. During um, after you do your name change, that's what I'll write on there. Because you know the second thing is you're going to ask for uh, your money back. But I've warned everybody: once you win, do not take that money out of the court. Appoint a trustee. Leave it with the court. Make make them appoint the trustee, and that they're to handle all of your all of your bills, and that you'll be addressing all your bills to them. The charge and discharge. Right? Yeah, because if you take it out, they're going to send the economic hitman after you. They're nasty, and they're evil, and they don't want you guys to ever have anything. They don't want, you know, I swear to you, they think they're gods. Not only think they are gods in their mind, they think that you don't have a right to these things. Um, that's that's true. As if they don't take enough of our monies, then they put up these fake churches where they want you to donate as if you haven't already been giving them gifts. <laughs> they try to take what little you do have. Yeah, and I was saying, um, you know, they use languages of deception, like all the languages of the world, right? They're all similar, but they've all been Romanized by the Latin church. And they are Lutheran, you know, like the people that wear the black robe. They are of the Lutheran religion. They worship Lucifer, which is Saturn, which is also the sun. You know, like the sun's name is Lucifer too. But the other Lucifer, which is called Satan, his twin is called Saturn. Yep. So the sun has a twin. They call it Saturn. That's also who they cool. worship. The black sun. Yeah. The and, black sun. You know, I was reading about a month ago, and I was telling Piper, you know, it's so weird. This, this 
Catholic um, monitor. I think it's called the Catholic monitor, where they write up all the story about, you know, Catherine, uh, Catholic religion and the works of the Catholic religion. And um, they were saying something in there. And I said, hey, you know what it says in here? I just read the Catholic monitor. And it said that. Not even one, not even one fourth of the people in the world know the true, the true four gospels. There's four gospels, right? And that not even one fourth of the people know this, and we have all these religious leaders in the world, and they don't know it either. So I put these Santo Bonacci films out for, on the wall for you guys to hear it. He's telling you the four gospels that we were never taught in the Bible. And that is the spring, the winter, and the summer, and the fall. Equinox. Yep. And my friend, who is Jewish 100%, who used to work at the Vatican, he tells me the whole secret, like, of the Bible is like a message, really. And it's trying to tell you how to live, and he says, you know, he says it's very important, huh? According to the season. Exactly. He he kept telling me, this is your last harvest. He told me this year. And I said, what do you mean? He said, dark days are coming, really dark days. And, you know, I was like, is this like some kind of, demonic. He goes, the people are already in evil. He goes, you know, when they say we're going into the dark ages, right? He goes, that means that that's a period when the sun is farthest away from its twin, which is Cyrus, Sirius, is the twin of the sun. And he says, when the sun gets closer and closer to Sirius, they do this dance that's called the golden ages, and then it first separates, it becomes the silver age, and then it becomes the bronze age, and then it becomes the dark ages. He goes, that's when the sun is the dimmest against earth. It's real dim. And the people become further and further lacking in knowledge because the sun is so far away. That's when more people get sick of diseases, and the world gets colder, he said, and, and, you know, it reverses again. So he was like, what we were supposed to be learning through this Bible is what these people dominate is they control the water and the food, right? And they control the seasons. Like, you know how they, a long time ago in America, we used to farm and everything? And they're taking that away from us and just getting you used to going into a grocery store and picking out your produce and stuff. Mm-hmm. He said, that's the most dangerous thing they can teach you because you don't know how to farm. And the whole entire earth was built on the farming and providing food, harvest, um, giving thanks to the harvest that we receive, um, being brotherly to one another, and everybody did this. He said the whole world used to be Christianity. The whole entire world uh, worshipped the sun because they knew that the sun was the the giver of life. We can't live without it. Nothing in this planet can survive without the sun. 
And he said they turned this into a big mockery talking about Jesus is the son. Um, he was saying Jesus was actually using all of the um, training, you know, from Seneca, the philosopher. And uh, that the people believe in all these fairy tales. And he says all these fairy tales are based on the Zodiac. Nature. Yeah. Naturally yep. occurring events. Yep. That's why. He said, we think of it as men and women. And he said, like, they use the crucifixion, you know, Pandora's box. And he said, Pandora's box has another meaning, too. It's your five senses. You can't live without the five senses. Um, they attack your eyes. Because yeah. they make you see things that's not true. They make you hate one another. He says, they make you hate colors. You know, like, you think your color is superior to you know, like I was listening to the guy last week. He kept saying, oh, it's by bloodline that you'll get your money back. Remember he kept saying that, as Ed Johnson? Make you think you're better than someone else, but the balance yeah. thing is balance. We're all equal. He's That's Illuminati. Right. What do you keep talking about? You keep saying bloodline. He's I Illuminati garbage, she will. Huh? Huh? He is Illuminati garbage. When he was first on your program, him and I ended up talking till like one in the morning my time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went and go research, research, research. All he was doing was hinting at shit from the 1800s that was all Illuminati garbage. Yeah. I even laughed last week. <clears throat> I told him, sir, when you can show me something that says only people of a certain bloodline get everything and the rest of us get nothing, then I'll believe you. I tell them, but I don't believe anything. I tell them, when I hear people saying, I'm a Moor and, you know, we ran this country, no, people. There were inhabitants on American land, right? Colonists. We were discovered by evil people who were sent out by the Vatican to conquer the world. And they burn your books in the library a long time ago because we didn't have flash drives and things like that to protect them. Yeah, I was removing and the tree of knowledge. Yeah. Removing huh? the tree of knowledge. There's records, books. Yeah, and, and I told them, why do you think they call us aboriginals, sir? You're not an original either. We're called aboriginals because None. Everywhere they landed, they burned all the libraries. And in the 1666, there was a great fire in London. They were burning all the Bibles. Hmm? They didn't want to know where you came from. That's where your history was stored. Yep. That's where your you true history is up in the smoke. Yep. yep. So I just tell people, listen, get off your high horse. Nobody is more special than the other. All we can do is love each other, know that we've been tricked, duped. These people are professionals. I've read some of their ancient law books where they talk about, now this is the law guild, okay? They have been in the business along with the priests of setting up empires and burning them down to nothing. And that's why I'm very afraid for our country. 
Mm. We've been an empire for quite a while now, and I think they're trying to destroy it. When you see them infiltrating and bringing foreigners into the land, right? And they try to, like, impose other types of law against us now, right? When they try to impose another type of law, like the Sharia law or whatever, that is one of their game things, their game tokens to cause chaos. We weren't supposed to have that kind of law. We weren't supposed to have any kind of law except thou shalt not harm another man. Common law. Mm-hmm. But every legal statute they come up with, it starts with an argument, a debate. That's where mm-hmm. you sit on the table. That's right. where the legislators comes in. At. You guys fight mm-hmm. against that, and we come in commerce and regulate Yep. And... When that don't work, we'll send our police officers to beat you down by color. Mm-hmm. They know that the last group of slaves that we had were African American or black or Negro, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I have a manual that was given to me by the Citizens Commission on Human Rights. I had like 300 of these manuals and I gave them out with videos. And they're a tattoo. They're called the church. They said, oh, they're affiliated with the Church of Scientology. So my friend told me, you know what? Because the Church of Scientology started this, we're being, you know, highly criticized. So you help us pass these videos out. And I said, all right, but I want to watch one first. So I was watching the video And I couldn't believe, you know, like a long time ago when the white man came, they were lynching the black men. They were telling the people, the white people, there's a disease here called niggeritis. And you must not let your children associate with these monkeys. And they're ignorant and they're stupid and we shall not allow them into our domain. This is in the books, history books. So... You know what I did in front of a meeting on TV? They were talking about vaccinating all the children that are in their daycare, right? So I began passing those videos out in front of them. All these judges were there, okay? They run the program. These judges were hiding their faces behind the book. Even the Secretary of State of Florida. I didn't know the TV was rolling. But I said, you people need to read this book because I've just heard a crack of garbage in here about you-know-who. I didn't want to say people's colors. And what I read in here, I just cannot believe what I'm reading in here. But I noticed that you guys send the um, Planned Parenthood out to, like, low, you know, like really low-income populations so they can get abortions. And... um you take the children that are under DCF care and you're um, ordering them to vaccinate the children or you're convincing moms, this is your body and if you want to get an abortion, that's okay. You don't even have to tell who the father is. We'll help you get the abortion, right? And they target young women like 16, 17, right? And I'm telling these dads, you know, while you're sitting here, sitting in a corner with your pants half down selling weed, 
You need to get out there and start cleaning your children as your children because they're taking your children for harvest and they poison them, your babies, and then um, you're wondering why your kids don't fare out well in school. They poison them when they're little. So one day I met these two young black guys, and I'm the director of um, the summer youth program that gives them the summer jobs. So I met these two teenagers, and I said, hey, would you like a summer job? And they looked at me, and they laughed. They were about 15, 16. And they were like, why would we want a summer job? They don't hire black people. And uh... Hello? I'm still here. She will? Oh, she dropped off. I got dropped off a couple minutes ago. She'll probably call back in. Wow. Seems like they Skype cuts you off at about four hours. Oh. Mm. Yeah, it happened to me last time. Wow. I mean, just think about it in history. Every great empire just vanished. Advantage. You know, it's, 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 it's never gone. It's just shifted. It, it right. In other words, head. Rome, Rome moves. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Yeah. I just say it changes names. There you go again. I guess I think if you ask me, the next place now is in China. You know what I came to find out was uh, my. Uh, I've been here nine generations. I don't even know how many great 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 grandfather or whatever he would have been. He came here in uh sixteen fifty something. Okay. And, uh, I don't know if anybody's left in there, I'm sorry. Oh, you're all good. No, so what I wanted to tell you was that so um I told these two guys, hey, just come over here. I'm going to register you, and if you leave me your phone number, I'm going to call you. I'm going to pick you guys for the summer youth because I've never seen you before. And normally the same children get in every year. So I took their names and stuff, and I put their name at the top of the list because it was early in the year. And um, they come back later, and they were so happy. And they tell me, guess what? I'm going to get my summer clothes this year. And I said, "Um, yeah, from what? Don't you remember you registered us for the summer youth and I'm going to be a lifeguard assistant and the other one was helping out at the schools. So I told them, remember I told you this, never say never. Never believe everything that you hear or what mom tells you that you're not going to be picked because you're black or whatever. I told them, you just have to be in the right place at the right time. And you believe that when I'm telling you, when you sign that little paper I gave you to be a summer youth, that you're going to be picked. I said, you determine your fate. You wanted to believe me. You registered. Now you're going to be a lifeguard assistant and you're going to be working at the school. You know, our society, they try to teach kids that they're worthless. Very much. Um, they try to teach kids like um, my grandkid went with a pocket knife to school that she found in a box 
And I swear to you that the school called me the other day, told me I needed to go to the school, that my granddaughter committed a dangerous act against the safety of the children. And I said, well, did she harm anybody? Did she pull that knife out on someone? Because she's going to be grounded. Well, no, just her having it in her possession is a threat to society. Yep. You know what I told them? Well, when we were going to school, didn't you teach them how to dismantle a gun and put it back together and how to clean a gun in the classroom? And the lady stays quiet. I said, did you or did you not do that in the 1960s and 70s? Did you not teach a child how to dismantle a rifle, clean it out, and put it back together? She said, that's besides the point. And I said, no, it's not. You just said that that child became a menace to society. So when you were teaching the children how to do this, because you were teaching them, it was okay in society to teach them how to dismantle a gun and put it back together and clean it? It was passed down. Yeah, I said, so you're not going to punish my grandkids. I told her, you know why? Not because I don't want her to be punished for what she did, because it is kind of, you know, something that you wouldn't do. It's inappropriate to bring a knife to school. And she didn't point it at anybody, but I just wanted to know why she brought it to school. She said that our school policy says that when you do something like this, you have a three-day suspension automatically, and she has to go to an alternative disciplinary school for this. So I told her, well, she won't be going. She'll be staying home for three days, and that's my decision. Well, you can't make, I said, are you telling me that you're my mother? I told her, you better go call the district, because I'm about to call them right now. You you can't tell me what to do. She calls the district. She beat me to it, because the district um, said they would call me back. I called them, and she says, I'm on the line with the school right now. I said, you better handle them, people. So the lady calls me back, and she says, um, oh, forgive me, I made a mistake. That policy doesn't apply to you. We're just going to try to do a little bit of disciplinary measure here to let her understand that, you know, a knife should not be carried to school, you know, because it could hurt someone. I said, well, that's fine. But for you to say that you labeled her as a menace to society, that ain't going to happen. You know what? I put my 40 pages. Remember I told you I was a private citizen? Well, I gave that private citizenship to the school um, district. So whatever you think you're going to do to my grandkid, you can't do it because she didn't go to school with a birth certificate or a Social Security card. She's going to school under my name as my beneficiary. So she can't be touched. And I suggest you people take power of attorney over your children. Now, here's what somebody had taught us last week, that when you sign the power of attorney name, um, you write it in handwriting in purple letters in all caps. Like, don't type it in. Show that someone wrote in the name. You you already know where it is. It's POA me in the file room. Make one for each kid. And in the one for the child, you have to write irrevocable, and you'll just say this power of attorney shall remain in effect until the child reaches age of majority. From what I understand, sorry, from what I understand, all the power of attorneys that we're doing need to be labeled as irrevocable and or international because if you don't, 
they're going to try and make a presumption at some point that you're not capable of handling your own affairs and try to revoke it for you. Well, the reason why you make them irrevocable is almost, I mean, you can put them irrevocable. Mine's irre, mine is irrevocable. And what they do is say, oh, well, you know, because you're not comp. I said, no, it's irrevocable, meaning you can't touch it. You can't change who's going to be on there. And um, it's only changeable by me. The author. Yeah. I mean, I put irrevocable, but you, you have to put, oh, I'm sorry. When you're doing it for a child, you have to put durable. Okay. Meaning that it's only good for when the child turns 21. Yours is irrevocable, meaning when they when the judge says, oh, you can't do that, or, or an attorney, say, yes, I can. I can do whatever I want to do. Say it's irrevocable until I say it's revocable. That means you can't come in and claim guardianship. You can't come in and try to steal my estate or try to put a guardian over me because I will make that determination. When I see fit that I can't handle my own affairs, um, and you know what you could do too? You could make a durable right behind your irrevocable and keep it in an envelope, right? And whoever you want to take over, guess what? That letter will be right there ready and handy for that person to take over because you're going to give them a copy of it. Always have a backup plan that doesn't include the government because they're always ready to snatch all your stuff out from under you. This old lady was telling me that. Now, I don't know how they found it, but she's 85 years old, and she told me that for some reason the Social Security found her living will, and she believes they're stealing like $1,500 a month out of her Social Security. And uh, she was a widow. She is a widow. I said, yep, that's what the Jesuits do. They attack the orphan and the widow. That's why you have to go back. Hello? thought I was cut off that time. Sorry about that. Okay. Hey, she was. Let me put this cover on. I was going to say the rule of the Jesuits is they attack widows and orphans, right? So what they do is when you're born, they made you into an orphan, right? And you're a ward of the state. So you you have to do this name change to come back and tell them, hey, I'm alive. I'm not a ward of the state. I want my own standing. You know, you tell them where you're from. You try to pick your nationality. And after you do that and the judge gives you a decree, you have to let all the agencies know who um, you are and that you've changed your status. So do you guys get that? Coming to fruition. Okay. Um, Um. she will. What you can mm-hmm. do is if you can get your name change paperwork from the courts, right, as an adult, 
right? Yeah. Then next week, if you all can pull up your name change applications, right? I'll try to find some more information about the birth certificate, right? Um, you might want to attach an affidavit by two people who have known you for more than 15 years to state who you are and where you are from. If your parents aren't alive, get two people that know you, like maybe a brother and sister or a best friend, your aunts and uncles, to just do a simple affidavit saying that they validate that you are who you are, this is where you were born, at this hospital, in this city, and that you are actually, if you want to say, like, I'm a Floridian or I'm a Texian, I was born a Texian, right? Write that in the affidavit and have them do it before two witnesses, okay? We got to work with that first, people. I mean, yeah, you can do your name change to use it for a while so you can have standing, you know, register to do business, but you really need to change your name so you can have the real standing that you're back and you're alive. How much did that cost when you did it? It's going to cost me $275 in Texas. But every state is different, okay? Like in Indiana, it's $166. You have to go and ask them for the waiver, for the filing waiver. And they'll give you a Yeah, I think you could. Somebody told me that they got a waiver. Yeah. Yeah, all you have to do is go down there and ask them for the waiver. They'll give you the Mm -hmm. waiver. And then you go up and see the judge, and the judge gives you an order. Uh, waiving no fees because you as a natural person you uh, mm-hmm. filing fees. Filing fees are only for corporations. Yeah. So, so if you go in, try to go in and get a waiver and you can get it done even faster. But I did provide to you like an example of what the birth certificate was supposed to be, just cross out the word certificate. I don't care if you have to white it out because um, you don't have to do everything. Remember, our papers don't have to be perfect when we put it in there. And you don't want to say certificate no more. You're holding the birth certificate. I strip out anything that they put for codes or statutes on it too. Huh? I remove anything that has a reference to a code or a statute on those forms yeah, as well. Exactly. I because, did that. Um, this is supposed to be your work. And the sooner you get this done, the better. Like this lady was telling me, I can't open up a bank account with your birth certificate, even if it's authenticated, until you have a decree. As soon as she told me that, I knew I knew what she wanted. She needs a judge to validate that I'm an adult and that I'm alive. Otherwise, she has to keep capitulating my name and stripping me of my rights. So she just said, you know what you got to do. Go get it done. And just learn. Learn the four Gospels. If you have children, teach 
teach your children the four gospels. Um, I recommend you guys watch the Santos Bonacci film. He gives you tons and tons of books written by people that were killed, philosophers that were killed, that challenged the church because they were trying to teach. See, there could have been a man named Jesus, like I said. He said he doesn't doubt that he existed, but the story is a lie. He said that um, what they that's why Jesus, if there was a Jesus, he was killed because he was teaching the people the true meaning of equity, and the church did not want that to happen. So they stole, like, they hijacked the equity, and you know that because all of the statues are equity. Have you ever looked into the Sumerian laws? Um... I tried to. I used to have a book about the Sumerian Sumerian people, which they're also called. The, you ever heard of the Bedouins? Yes. Um, the they were, and I used to have an encyclopedia. They said they were called the Bedouins. I found a uh, a list on a site that was pretty short and concise, mm-hmm. and it made me get to thinking: we're all consumers. And these were short, simple, made sense, no frills, no bullshit laws. Mm-hmm. Well, Something's if you find the website posted, everything you guys post, um, I welcome it on legal deception. The only thing I don't welcome is, you know, you guys heard of towel law? The guy who comes on, he calls himself Tao Law. Eddie, Eddie Craig. I swear to you, he, we got into a heated argument the other day in private because he doesn't want you guys to know he's talking to me and arguing. And I tell him, you know what? Why do you keep lying to the people and telling them to go in there and fight for this statute or that? I said, you know, I'm telling you right now, you're making them fight statutes. And, the, and he knows he admitted it to me. I tell him, you know, the statutes are really your codified, copyrighted material to run your business. How are you making the people fight that? He goes, because it works, and as long as they don't step out of the boundaries. And I said, listen, you know that he told me that he was a police officer before. I go, you know that you're an officer of the law and you were military. Then you also know that when they walked into the courtroom, Without a license to do business, they're guilty of a misdemeanor, and they have to pay the court fees and the attorney. And he was like, he didn't say nothing. As a matter of fact, I challenged him, and he didn't come back in private. I said, I challenge you to prove to me that I'm wrong, what I'm telling you about these copyrights. and Oh, and he was saying, you're lying about the birth certificate and this and that. I said, I don't care what you say. I said, I already did my homework. I said I did my homework for over 10 years, and then I ran into two people that did their homework for 30 years. All they did was finish off what I, what I needed to know so we could move forward. You want to sit there and teach people statutes and codes? I said, that's fine with me. I said, I tell the people in our group not to listen to you. They're wasting their time going in there. Um, I said, especially going in and claiming to be that name, knowing that they're calling the birth certificate name that belongs to them. 
That's their certificate, their warehouse certificate. And when they find you, they throw you in their jailhouse as a piece of missing material from the warehouse. He got really angry with me. And he was like, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to prove, okay, so I'm still waiting. Prove me wrong. I want you to prove me wrong. So we can look in another direction, but he never came back. Yeah, just trying to distract you. Yeah. Well, guys, I'm going to say that now. He's trying to get you to take over his fight so that way you would distract yourself. He'll never distract me because I've um, been doing this for a long time. I've been fighting in the courts for people's children for a very long time. And I just switched it over. Are you uh, at a point where you can still help somebody with something like that? Well, I just helped someone today. I don't even know how I did it. I was so sick. Um. Could you send? I'm not on the Legal Deception Facebook. I'm trying to stay away from Facebook, and yeah. the state is coming down very, very hard on me. I ended up walking okay. six miles home from court today. Um, is there a way that you could send me an email or give me a phone call tomorrow if you're feeling up to it? Do you know where I'm at? Where I'm at on Facebook? I don't. Um, but I think I have some mutual friends that could point me in your direction. If you send me an email with your phone number or you tell one of your friends I can call. Who is this, Brent? Huh? Is this Brent? No, my name is Gavin. I'm in Des Moines. Oh, Gavin. Um, what area are you in? Uh, Iowa. Iowa, okay. Um, send someone to reach out to me. I'm at girl66 at, at inbox.com. Girl66 at inbox.com. Okay. I'll send you an email. Yeah. And so I'm going to let you guys go because, I, I, like I said before, I'm pretty sick, but <laughs> I can help you. I just need to know what the circle. I'm not going to guarantee. I don't guarantee anything because some of these people, they can be real nasty. Like, they will violate their own policy. Yep. But normally, I could say I am out of 10. I'm a 9 for 10 out of getting the kids back. I don't play with social workers. Social workers mean nothing to me, and neither do their lawyers. Last social worker I dealt with, I said, no. I'm. I got a letter from DHS, and I sent it. I wrote to refused on it, turned it back to the mail uh, office, and then I went and called them. I said, "What do you got? What's your problem?" Mm-hmm. Let's, let's she said, "Well, can you meet?" I said, "We're meeting right now. Well, I want to meet you in person." I said, "We're meeting right now. What do you? What's your issue? Let's deal with this." Mm-hmm. And that was that was it. It was done and over with. Mm-hmm. So why they keep bothering you? Well, based off of an unfounded DHS report, I uh, have a no contact order between my kid's mom now. They have your child? Their mother does. Are you divorced? Uh, We were never married by common law or by certificate. Mm, Okay. Never lived together. 
Are you willing to share privileges with her? Absolutely. All right. You got to show your, you know, you got to show good intent too. They say that. But you got to show good intent, meaning that you're willing to go 50-50? I I have, and I've been trying to get her to go 50-50 for the last five years. We have twins. Mm. They get you to cha- do they get you to pay child support? I haven't paid child support in four years. All right. Well, that's not the least of my concern right now. That, I mean, you know, child support's a fraud as well, but yeah, um, it is. You know, because there's no money. But we can. Um, I sent you an email with my uh, phone number, so you should have that. But to feel okay. Better. What is your first name again? Gavin. Gavin. Yeah. All right. Well, let me see what we can do. You're going to have to. You're gonna, is your rights terminated? No. Very good. That means you have leverage. So, um. There, I know they're coming down to me because I've been going through some of this process and I've been too vocal out in the public. Well, don't waste your time with them. You're going to take them by paper and pen. Great. But and, you, get um, feeling, you get the feeling better first, and then we'll address. We'll yeah. Give me, like, a couple of days, but um, I'll tell you what you need to be doing. Um, the people who truly did listen, they got their kids back. I got one. I've got people that they had their kids taken away and their rights term, terminated. I got two dads right now of my own family. They had their rights terminated, and right now the judge is going through hell right now. I'm talking about pure hell because the children were adopted, and I wrote some paperwork for them, and they had to tell the dads what the new, you know, what the children's new names were and everything. And my daughter says, "How, how did how did you get them to do that?" I said, "Because you know what, the case is never over. When I tell you the case never closes down, it's an escrow. It just." Yeah, it never closes because the debt is never paid. So you can keep going back over and over and over and reopening that case. And um, so that's what the guys did. And the, the adoptive mom is trying to fight them. And I said, too bad, adoptive mom. You know, you're the one who told a bunch of lies to get them adopted anyway. So I think they're going to now um, both. Both have equal visitation to see the children because one dad signed the birth certificate because the real dad didn't know he was the father. And they both walk in and tell the judge, he says, I signed the birth certificate, but he's the real father. No dispute. And I gave him proof that he was the real father. Something that the child carried that only he carried. So the judge is now flipping her lid. I guess she wishes she had a rope she'd hang herself. And um, so just because you're a dad doesn't mean that you don't have no rights. All I say is this. Be kind to the mom. Be kind because the way the system is set up, they turned you guys into enemies, right? And that's where we're at now. And it yep. just doesn't understand my position. And and you know what? She may never understand it, but guess what? She does, That doesn't mean that she can't work with you. And she's going to have to work with you as far as I'm concerned, as long as you leave her alone. 
And, I, and you're I not have, hurting her, and you're not out I'm, there trying to, you know what I'm saying, like stalking. I make this very clear to all men and women. I don't care if you're a woman or a man. If they don't want to be with you, accept that. I do accept that. But you know that. what? Do not let the child suffer because you and her or she and you couldn't make it to the end. But you know what? Don't deprive the child of both of your love. You know, and that's what you're going to be writing on your papers. And more than that, what I'm going to give you is very powerful. I haven't seen my kids anymore. It's killing me. So, yeah. I, I can't yeah, imagine. Well, um, yeah, you're going to write some stuff. And it's things that the judge cannot challenge. That's what I you mean, have to do. you got to write facts that a judge cannot challenge. I questioned her in court today and asked her point blank, have I ever aimed a weapon at you? Have I ever threatened you with a weapon? Have I ever hurt you? Have I ever blah, blah, blah. The only thing she said yes to was that I yelled at her. And I said, have you ever yelled at me? And she said, yes. Mm-hmm. She, they said that I had domestically assaulted her because six months ago I had a gun in my house and a few months ago, I was going on about something irrelevant. So she mm-hmm. based fear for nothing that I'd ever said that I would ever do to anyone. Mm-hmm. But, well, but you do. You got to change your standing, like I said before. Yeah. You want to see your kids again? Guess what? It clearly states in the. Did you read the document we posted last week, Post Luminous? I haven't seen any of your documents that you guys have posted. Okay. You have to join Legal Deception. Even if you don't join to converse with the people, you need to get that file called Post Luminous. Okay? Is that, is that the Facebook group or is there a website? It's a Facebook group called Legal Deception. Okay. I'll get on there. Is that kind of generic? It's right at, that document's going to be right around the top. It's gonna, You're going to see a new name doc. You need that later when you go to change your name. You can pull out passages from there. Those are real passages that we pull out of Libra codes, law libraries, um, past history books, um, and we use those in court because that way the judge, he can't get around it because those come from their books, the definitions and stuff. Post Leminus is a Roman, uh, we pull that from a Roman book of military. We you need that because... Do you have about 4,166 members and it looks like a little gavel on the icon? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That would be why. Go into the file room and get post Liminus. Every time I tried to find your group, it came up with a corporation first, so that would be why. Okay. Well, that's us. You need that document because it tells you that once you go in, like, to, to get your standing back when you do your name change, it clearly tells you that once what was taken from you, and it includes your children, it says it in there, they shall be returned. She will fly off. I found, well, actually, somebody else found it. I didn't see it, but uh, GPO style manual. Go ahead. They think in one of your documents, once the father's status is straight, that automatically transcends to the, to the children. Yes, it does. Once you change your status, 
So it says once what was taken from you, and it says your children, including your children, will belong to you again. Then mom will have to cooperate with you because guess what? The children will belong to you out of see the father is the most important part of the body of the household. Now listen. I'm not saying people don't get divorced, okay? Even I've gotten divorced. But see, I'm different. I worked with the guy that I divorced. As a matter of fact, I was divorced twice, and both of my, um, I'm a widower twice. But I never took the children away from their father. It's ludicrous to do that. I just don't believe in taking away the father because the children need both parents. No matter what, you can hate his guts. But don't do it to your children. You might hate mom. She might have found a new man. So what? Life moves on. There's plenty of fish in the sea. But don't hurt the children, you know? And you both parents. That's right. And you know what? I tell parents, you know, I've had mothers turn against me, mothers especially, telling me that I am um, a father's rights advocate. I tell them, listen, it's not that I'm a father's rights advocate, but you're trying to play mom and dad. What about when your kid wants to know how to have sex with a woman? Are you going to be right there to tell him? Or understand the changes that he's feeling inside his body? I feel uncomfortable. I said, that's not my job. That's his job. Or when my son asked me to go fishing, I hated fishing. You know, there's things that women don't want to do, real women, you know, not, I'm not talking about the halfway house, but your kids need both parents. And you know what I tell the moms too? Beware. Because if I find a dad out there that's willing to work with you and it's just that you don't want to work with him, then I'll tell him everything he needs to do to get his child back in his life. And you're going to have no choice but to cooperate. I'm not going to tell a dad to be hurtful and not ever let you see the child, but you need to work with him. Half and half. Fair is fair. It took two people to create the child, and it should take two people to raise them, especially, I told her, those dads that do want to raise the child. So many dads want to be in their child's lives, and you won't even let them be in their life. And for many moms, they wish their children's fathers would have never walked out on them, and they act like they don't know them. Then they want to call you guys deadbeat dads. Love the title. Look at these deadbeat dads out there. I said, deadbeat dads? Well, are they paying child support? They don't want to pay their child support, their deadbeat dad. Well, first of all, I don't see why they should pay you any child support if you're not going to let them um, see their children. I'd be a deadbeat dad, too. I wouldn't give you a penny unless you let me see what belongs to me. Why are you their father? Because you created that child. And that's one thing that the judge cannot dispute. If you said I created little Junior and that Junior has to be a part of my life, that's my byproduct, my creation, guess what? What is the judge going to say? Oh, you didn't create that child. No, that's not true. But just make sure that you stay away from mom. 
All right, guys. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.